This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday, May 26th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police identified the teen accused of sexually assaulting a woman inside her apartment several times over a three-hour period last month. It happened on April 21st at 2.30 a.m. inside the home on the 400 block of South 45th Street in West Philadelphia. On Tuesday, police announced an arrest warrant for 19-year-old Maurice Dayard on charges of rape, burglary, and other related offenses. Police say Dayard, who was armed with a knife, broke into the victim's apartment and sexually assaulted her several times before fleeing through a basement window. He spent three hours at the apartment and even provided his social media name. So police were able to get a photo of him through his social media. Anyone with information is asked to contact police by calling 215-686-TIPS. If you're having trouble with allergies this season, you're not alone. Experts say pollen counts are particularly high and the dry weather isn't helping. Dr. Robert Analik, the president of Allergy and Asthma Specialists, says pollen counts have steadily gotten worse over the last 20 years and the season is getting longer as well. A dry day, a little breeze in the air, and the pollen flies for miles and miles. We know that a rise in global temperatures plays a role in increasing pollen counts, he said. It's especially problematic in late spring when pollen from trees and grass are both in play. Usually in May and June, the pollen peaks when both pollens overlap. We are covered in it out yes. of my house. Covered. Yeah, it's likewise. Just, yeah, so the rain, let's see, maybe some, yeah, tonight? I think we might get some tonight. And I'm hoping that's going to, you know, kind of settle does. it down a little bit. Because I clean my <laughs> Saturday Take my car to the car wash. Oh, yeah. Midday I, Sunday, it's green. I, I yeah, did the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I was like, "What? That was a waste." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I took the uh, hose out in the back patio because it was so covered in that green dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, "Maybe it'll help for a little bit," but um, I don't know. I'm just waiting for the rain too. You know, what I did. I, I think I fell a sucker to one of these things. That, you know, they sell these chopskis like in the um, in the uh, car wash. Uh, uh, you know, by the register, and it's basically a huge like feather duster for your car. Oh, yeah? And so you can at least get some of the... Du- I mean, it gets so thick you can't see through the windshield. Is it, is it's crazy. It, is it tactical? It's not tactical. Okay. It would only be better if it was tactical. I wish it was. <laughs> if I put... I'll, I'll spray paint some camo colors on it. <laughs> Dr. Analik says it didn't seem like it was that bad last year because we were all hunkered down in our homes. If you're suffering, uh, Analik says that to make sure that you keep your windows at home closed, wash your hair before getting into bed and throw your clothes right in the wash. If you're hoping for relief with the heat, experts say that's probably not happening this year. They think that the pollen is sticking around until at least the 4th of July. This Memorial Day weekend is about to look a lot different than last year, with travel expected to increase by nearly 60%. Mm. With easing restrictions and more people getting vaccinated, it seems more people are ready to venture out, and AAA says you can expect a lot more company on the roads. I think a lot of people want to take advantage of that 58 degrees, right? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Of the 450,000 Philadelphia area residents traveling, 94 Four percent of them will go by car, said Janet Tidwell, a spokeswoman for AAA in Pennsylvania. In this day and age, the COVID age, uh, the many people believe it is the safest way for them to travel with their families. So we're seeing car travel at historic levels for the Memorial Day holiday weekend. If you're traveling by car, you will also have to consider the high gas prices. AAA says prices are above $3 a gallon in most of the area except Delaware. That's about $1 more per gallon today than we were at this time last year. AAA says more people are also feeling more comfortable returning to air travel. Many travelers at Philadelphia International Airport said the airlines were offering deals that were too good to refuse. In sports this morning... (laughs) 
is that? The Phillies beat the Marlins last night in South Florida, winning 2 nothing. They did it! Reese Hoskins hit a two-run home run with two outs in the top of the fourth inning to lead the offense, and Vince Velasquez pitched six shutout innings to earn the win. They did it! The series continues tonight, and Aaron Nola gets the start. Game time is at 6.40. Before the game, the team plays Bryce Harper on a 10-day injured reserve with a bruised left forearm. The outfielder, who is in an 0-for-16 slump, was held out for the Phil's lineup for the past two games. Manager Joe Girardi said Harper was being given a break because of his slump. The Sixers return to the court tonight with Game 2 of their series against the Washington Wizards. Tip-off in South Philly is set for 7 o'clock. And there were three games in the NBA's playoffs last night. In the East, the Brooklyn Nets beat the Boston Celtics when 130 to 108 and now lead that series two games to none. Out west, the LA Lakers beat the Phoenix Sun 109 to 102 and tied that series at one game apiece. And the Dallas Mavericks beat the LA Clippers 127 to 121 with the Mavs now leading that series two games to none. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you oh so much, Kathy. And Wednesday morning upon us, uh, one of the things we like to do on Wednesday is the secret text word. So a chance for you to win that Blu-ray combo pack of Chaos Walking starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. So text the word SECRET to 39333. That is uh, enabled right now, and you can get on it. So let's have you do that. Uh, and guest-wise on the program, we're going to have uh, Jeopardy contestant and now guest host Buzzy Cohen on the show. Yeah, he's been doing the Tournament of Champions. I think he's doing a really good job. There's something about having someone who's one of the GOATs right. host it, you know? Yep. yep. So uh, he is uh, he's going through that. And does he go through just this week? I think or? it's just this week, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. so, yeah, they're announcing the, the, the championship round is on Friday. And the, uh, yeah. the last semifinal is tonight. And then, yeah, the two, right. two championship rounds, uh, Thursday and Friday. And if you go to Jeopardy's website, they have, like, all the hosts lined up. I believe Mayan Bialik is the host next week. Is she? Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so we'll talk to Buzzy a little bit later on this morning. And also, we need to, we need to hand out an award. And then oh. we need to choose a new school for the coolest teacher. Up in the morning and out to school. All right, so yesterday we had reached in and pulled out the school Little Flower High School in Northeast Philly. Exactly. It's an all-girls school, and uh, we got lots of votes, and we are very happy to announce our coolest Uh teacher from that school this morning. So, congratulations are in order for Maria Murray. Maria Murray! Maria is a social studies teacher at Little Flower Catholic High School. And a uh, little bit of information about her. She teaches world history and mo- the Model UN. Uh-huh. Uh, and there is a Facebook post announcing it's she, she was honored with the Distinguished Catholic Educator. Nice. Uh, for Little Flower in 2017. She lovingly gives her all in simple, caring ways to all members of our school community, they said. That's cool. Mrs. Murray brings kindness, positive energy, and creativity to all her interactions and her work at Little Flower. She inspires students and colleagues as she lives the mission of our school. So... Uh, we congratulate her, and if you know Ms. Murray, then you need to let her know that she won and to give us a call after 7, and we can congratulate her um, in person of sorts. I just thought the model UN was a great idea. If you had very attractive people running everything, yeah. it'd probably work right. out better. <laughs> model UN. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so, Steve, is it it's your me, turn? It's me, yes. All I right, got it right here. Oh. A large Chinese food container. <laughs> Have you reach in. It's our to-go container. All right. And let's get another school. All right. To vote. All right, Preston, we are looking at Downingtown West, Downingtown, PA. 
All right, Downingtown West, pretty easy to do. Text the word teacher to 39333, and we will send a voting link to you. That's it. And you just fill it out and put the name in, and you are good to go. Uh, if you go to Downingtown West, then uh, let the staff know. Get the word spread, because you got 24 hours. You have until 6 a.m. tomorrow to do that. So please make sure that you vote now. I want to double back for just a second here because yeah. I got this email uh, concerning Little Flower High School and I wanted to read this. This is from um, Eric Weathers who teaches biology at North Penn. Uh, he said, I tuned in yesterday as the new school for coolest teacher was being announced. To my surprise, it was Little Flower High School. A week ago, this would have uh, meant nothing, but uh, today... My eyes filled with tears. Dr. Mary Scott, assistant principal at North Penn High School, was a graduate of Little Flower High School. Oh. Unfortunately, she passed away last week around the time that you pick a new school for the coolest teacher. Dr. Scott was an amazing person who passed after a short but courageous battle with cancer. She was the fabric that connected many NPHS, uh, many to NPHS, he said. Uh, she always put others before herself, never hesitated to help a student, had enough sarcastic humor to make Steve look like a choir boy. Although Dr. Scott is no longer with us, I was uh, looking to see if there's a way that you could help us honor her through the Coolest Teacher Contest. Maybe mention her if North Penn gets picked in the future. Add her as an honorary mention when you announce a Coolest Teacher for Little Flower High School. So we'll certainly do that. Very, very She cool. was an alum and apparently a great person. He said, this year has been incredibly difficult for everyone, but North Penn High School District has suffered quite a few losses. This year we lost a school psychologist, a beloved guidance, guidance counselor, Jeez. and an irreplaceable assistant principal at the high school. So sorry to hear uh. what a tough year it's been, guys. Uh, but I just at least wanted to mention no, that. No, absolutely. That yeah, a, yeah. A very nice note. So uh, we'll uh, pass that message along. All right. Uh, in the meantime, we've got business to handle. We're going to take a break. We'll get back in a second. We will ask you a stupid question. We will award a prize for the correct answer. And we'll dive into the entertainment stories that I have set aside specifically for you, my friend. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit AcmeMarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, Miss Maria Murray of Little Flower Catholic High School won the uh, coolest teacher, so we're going to hopefully have a chance to talk to her later on. And then Steve randomly drew out of our box of names Downingtown West High School for the coolest teacher submission and uh we were made aware there's been some tragedies there yeah. as of late sad news coming out uh, regarding the student body so uh but we've chosen at random so if you would like to vote we would like to hear which teacher has made a difference in this past year uh for you personally so if your student text or teacher to 39333 for the voting link and then we can find out tomorrow who that goes to in the meantime we're going to give away something we have a stupid question and exclusive Guardians of the Galaxy Culture Fly Collector Box with Vinyl Record featuring music from uh, the movie. And the question I have for you, this is kind of a tough one. Um, a poisonous plant in the same family as wild carrot was used to execute the philosopher Socrates. Mm -hmm. Name that plant. 
Interesting. 215-263-WMMR. Sometimes we give you a really easy gift, and other times we make it a little more complicated. So, essentially, what was the poisonous plant that was used to execute Socrates? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if we know the answer. Today is Wednesday, May 26th. I'll go through some birthdays while we kill some time waiting for that answer. And we'll begin with one I know, Steve, you said you want to see this woman perform live sometime. It is Stevie Nicks' birthday today. Love Stevie Nicks. Uh, Stevie Nicks turns 73 years old today. I love the story of how uh, Lindsey Buckingham was sort of eyed by the members of Fleetwood Mac at the time. We would like you to join the band. And he basically said, okay... If I'm coming, though, it's going to be my girlfriend as well. And they're like, ah. Yeah. And she ends up writing some of their biggest hits. Absolutely. And being a breakout star yeah. and a solo uh, star as well. Yeah, she's a powerhouse, man. She absolutely is. Uh, and in her day, as far as she was a goddess, she yeah. just had this way about her. Number one, a beautiful woman. But this the sort way, of witchy way. Yeah, this, yeah. The, the, the flowing uh, outfits that she wore and the movements that she made yeah, on stage. Yeah, just yeah. kind of twirling thing. She had her own vibe going on, man. It was really, really cool. Uh, so the great Stevie Nicks. I'd love to talk to her sometime, man. I'd that would be a great interview. Yeah. To get an interview with Stevie Nicks sometime. You know, she was putting, she was really into becoming the first female member of the Tom Petty band. Yeah. And, and she was really interested in that band. And he flat out said, there are no girls in the Heartbreakers. <laughs> and yeah. she really wanted, but, they, but we got um, a great song, yeah. a great duo from, and I believe... Did she write Stop Dragging My Heart Around, or did he write I, it? I think she wrote it, and uh, they collabbed on it. But uh, she ended Let's up collab. She ended up touring with uh, the Heartbreakers quite a bit. They they did uh, Bonnaroo together, and so she was in the backing vocals for a long time. And it was cool to see her actually uh, perform in the band, because she's such a fan of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. 73 years old today. By the way, that's the biopic I want to see, Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Yes. Well, there's a they're, they're lot They're working of... on one. I, that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, so a lot of drama in that. Uh, Stevie Nicks, 73 years old today. And then another musician, we were just talking about him when we were mentioning uh, people ripping their pants. Because <laughs> yeah. it happened to Lenny on stage. Lenny Kravitz uh, has a birthday today. Uh, Lenny turns 57 years old. I remember the first time I heard of him, a friend of mine turned me on to a song called Hey Cab Driver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, this guy's got some rock to him. Straight up rock. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, he made and And, listen, and dude does some great acting as well in the, uh, um, uh, not Mockingjay, but the, the one of uh, the oh, yeah, Hunger Games. Games. Yeah. No, he's good. Uh, he's in that. And, uh, and he's perpetually cut up. He's super good looking. Yeah. He's uh, 57 years old today. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter, the actress. Yeah, I love her. Uh, also has a birthday. She's uh, well-trenched in the Harry Potter universe. And Tim Burton uh, films. Yeah. And uh, she is in one of my all-time favorites, Big Fish. Yeah. And she plays maybe my favorite character, you know, in the in the because she's... Uh, in one part of the story, she's the witch, but she's um, she's this girl that falls in love with the main character, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's great. It's wonderful, uh, and she's great in uh, the 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 crown as well. Kathy, you probably haven't gotten her yet. She plays Princess Margaret in the most uh, the last two seasons. Oh no, uh, yeah. So no. Margaret's still uh, young where you're watching, but uh, she's great and in that character. Uh, she is uh, 55 today. Uh, all right, I brought this up. Jeannie, I'm bringing this birthday up. Jeannie, right. Jeannie Francis, all right, was on General Hospital. Yeah. And I bring her up because of her la- her last name. So uh, officially, I guess her name on the show is Laura 
Veening, Faulkner, Weber, Baldwin, Spencer, Cascading, Spencer. Oh, my God. So those I think those are all the people that she's, she's married, married on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this Laura, like Luke and Laura? Luke and Laura. Jeannie okay. Francis, who's now who's married to Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, her, on the show, she's Laura, Veening, Faulkner, Weber, Baldwin, Spencer, Cascading, Spencer. I wonder who has more names, her or Susan Lucci. So she married, I guess, to Spencer twice here. So she's 59 <laughs> today. I love soap operas. Uh, do we have her? the studio mm. oh wait a minute do we talk to her we might have i think we, we did. did we talked yeah. to both of them when there was some sort of like reunion, reunion or thing something. but i don't know yeah. were they in studio or were I, they just on some, the phone i think they were uh, we had one we had a woman who was a longtime soap gal and i thought it was her in the studio but who knows, who knows? Ah. all right so ah, she's hell. 59 ah hell so's bobcat goldthwaite he yes 59 years old today. Yes, he was in Police Academy. He was. Was he in the first one? Uh, yeah, because he was the bad guy. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, he was uh, like yeah. a punk, a punk um, criminal, right? Yeah. And it and wasn't then, until uh, the second movie that he became a cop. Citizens, Citizens on, on Patrol. Patrol. Yeah. That he became a cop <laughs> with him. Yes. Those freaking movies. I know. I know. Uh, so Bobcat yeah. turns 59 today. He's he's responsible for one of our favorite drops. Case. Oh, yeah, Fire I got gotcha. you. Yep. Yep. yep, that's him. <laughs> uh, then you have uh, Philip Michael Thomas. Oh, my God. Miami Vice. Legendary. He was Tubbs. Ricardo Tubbs. EGOT, right? Yes, he wore used to it. I love that story. He wore a necklace with a medallion that said EGOT because he was going to go on to win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. He's still working on the Emmy. I, you know, you yeah, got to yeah. start somewhere, man. But uh, he, Any day now. He turned 72 today. Uh, Steve, the, the great Pam Greer. I love Pam Greer. Has her birthday today. They keep showing coffee on uh, a channel called Epics. All those characters she played. Coffee? Yeah. Is that a movie? Just, yeah, badass. It's about the Church of England. Yeah, yeah. It's about the Church of England. <laughs> the coffee. Yeah. yeah. The C of E. Uh, Foxy Brown, Fort Apache of the Bronx, uh, Above the Law, she was in that. Escape Jackie from Brown. LA. Jackie Brown, that is correct. Jackie She's... Brown is an underappreciated Quentin Tarantino. I think movie. it is. It's also a really different role for Robert De Niro. Yeah. Uh, Almost like a big Lebowski type role. So she is 72, and then the final birthday is Matt Stone Ah. of South Park fame. And he turns, wow, it's a big one for him. He's 50 years old today. Uh, So I'm sure they're having a big party for Matt Stone. Have you guys seen Book of Mormon yet? I have not. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. saw it in the in yeah. the Philly when it when it was the touring one and yeah, I was it's blown away by so it. So good. And my son recently discovered um some of the musical stuff. We were watching it last week and uh, we we watched the Mormon episode of South Park, which is great, and then some clips from Book of Mormon and Is it just... time for Team America? Uh I think we'll ease into <laughs> Team America, but Book of Mormon, I mean just the music alone yeah. in Book of Mormon is incredible. All right, Casey's messing with my system here. You're, I hate your system so much. I'm sorry. Because you never use it. You, what? Do, were you, were you leaning it on the garbage can I'm again? leaning it on the garbage can. For some reason, he doesn't so, like so that. Kate, so Preston puts his copy and will lean it on the garbage can before it, he throws it in it, like it's on deck. In but case, I also... Yeah. I may need to go back to this in a second, so I'm just setting it right there for now. Okay? Put it over there. <laughs> no. Because cause you also sometimes miss, and so I don't know if you put it there or if you've missed the trash can. <laughs> Why don't you so. just... Let like why don't you let if it goes on the floor so what let him yeah okay because there's been a piece of paper underneath the uh, desk here <laughs> oh so he, he doesn't clean up he doesn't after clean the up break. After shut the up Kathy Kathy I'm the, the producer the and the janitor uh, of the show his I'm, I'm trying to solve the messy issue Marissa wait it's so funny uh, Brady our custodian here uh, saw me the other day and he goes. Oh, what should I do with this paper? <laughs> <laughs> this paper uh, uh, even Brady doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I, I actually 
uh, asked him if I could videotape him asking that. So I'm going to post it right now because he was just like, I, it's, it looks important, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll just, just to let you know, everything's going to be okay, guys. Okay. It's going to be all right. All right. Good. The, the all right. paper on the floor is not going to stop our progress <laughs> on the radio show. All right. Let's see if we can get an answer to this question. Okay. A uh, poisonous plant. What poisonous plant was used to execute philosopher Socrates? 215-263-WMMR. I will go to Mike K, it says here. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning, it. Good, good morning, morning it. it. All right, Mike, do me a favor. Tell me what uh, poisonous plant was used to execute Socrates. It was hemlock. Hemlock, yes. <laughs> Hang on, dude. We are going to give you an exclusive Guardians of the Galaxy Culture Fly Collector box with vinyl record featuring musical items from the movie and more from your favorite characters like Star-Lord and Groot. Uh, check out the collectionobsession.com for more. All right, I'm going to leave with this story first. Let me put Is it the one in the garbage? Put that in the trash. I'm all done right. with it. No, now we're past the birthdays. I don't need to go all back right. for a reference on that oh, at all. Man. All right, so all right, uh, Marilyn Manson. Uh, I know it's mainly music news, but I've been putting him in the entertainment report. And uh, he uh, was, an active arrest warrant was issued for him, but not for what you think. No. All right, this was by the Guilford, New Hampshire Police Department. He's being charged with two counts of misdemeanor simple assault for allegedly spitting on a female videographer at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion during a concert in August of 2019. Now, I have seen Marilyn Manson in concert. Yes. He spits on people. Right. Is that kind of his thing? He does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the charges against Brian Warner, his real name, are a Class A misdemeanor and can carry a jail sentence of up to one year and a $2,000 fine. Uh, Three concert goers confirmed people. They saw Manson spit and shoot his snot (laughs) at the camera woman. One source said he was spitting everywhere, and one time it got on her camera, so she wiped it off and looked semi-irritated. He noticed this and kept purposely spitting on her camera. I would power puke. I think her final straw is he got on the floor, got within two to three feet of her, and hacked the giant snot rocket at her and not the camera. She was pissed off and disgusted, so she stormed off, and he just laughed. That happened once when I was seeing Gary Lauer in concert. Oh, Oh, man. It's unbelievable. That's disgusting. (laughs) According to a statement from the police, Mr. Warner, his agent, and legal counsel have been aware of the warrant for some time, and no effort has been made by him to return to New Hampshire to answer the pending charges. Uh, Initially, this seemed frivolous, but then when you talked about how big the snot rocket is, I'm I'm thinking electric chair. Uh, Manson was in Guilford on August 19, 2019 for the final stop of the co-headlining Hell Never Dies tour with Rob Zombie. So he is, uh, he's is he got an arrest warrant for him. <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah. For all the other stuff he's facing yep. for spitting. Uh, I'm going to see if you guys saw this yesterday. Elliot Page shared a photo of a milestone moment since revealing details of his life-changing surgery. The Oscar-nominated star posed... Uh, posted a shirtless picture of himself spending a joyful moment by the pool to Instagram on Monday and captioned it, Trans BB's First Swim Trunks. Uh, in December, December, the Juno and X-Men Days of Future Past star announced uh, that he is transgender and shared with fans that he, they, were the actor's preferred pronouns. Uh, the actor recently opened up about his transition surgery, describing it as life-saving and explaining that it led him to feel comfortable in his body for the first time. And uh, the picture, uh been doing some ab work. Yeah, clearly. Definitely, Cut uh, up with the abs. Yeah. Uh, in, in good shape. And I have to say, 
whatever was done with the um, the, the chest region yeah. is um, damn near flawless. It looks natural. Yeah. Yep. Uh, discussing his surgery during an interview with Oprah Winfrey, Paige said, I want people to know that not only has it been life-changing for me, I do believe it is life-saving, and it's the case for so many people. When Oprah asked uh, what had brought him to the mo- brought him the most joy since transitioning, the actor became emotional and said the little things brought him the greatest happiness. It's, you know, getting out of the shower uh, and the towels around your waist and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, there I am. And I'm not having uh, the moment where I'm panicked. Uh, it's being able to touch my chest and feel comfortable in my body probably for the first time. So good on him. Uh, lawsuit filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court Monday by seven former workers at Kim Kardashian's Hidden Hills home alleges that the reality star and beauty mogul violated California labor law. What the hell did she do? Andrew Ramirez, his brother Christopher, and son Andrew, uh, Aaron Cabrera, Renee Estero, uh, Jesse Fernandez, and Robert Arazia, Arazia, I guess, uh, who worked on the property as gardeners and maintenance staff claimed that Kim withheld taxes from their wages without furnishing those amounts to the government. Uh, They also alleged that uh, Kim did not pay for overtime, did not allow meal and rest breaks, and required a 16-year-old on the crew to surpass the 48-weekly Working hours allowed mm. for one his age. This doesn't sound good. One plaintiff claims that when he raised some of the issues, he was fired. I had a job in California for a stretch. I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and uh, this was um, 20-some years ago, so the laws may have changed. But California labor laws are interesting because for every hour over eight that you work in a day, you are eligible for overtime. So I would work three 12-hour days every week, and you had to earn 40 hours a week, but I would get... Uh, Overtime for the ones over the eight in a in a day, in a, a day, lot of for okay. a day. <laughs> yeah, so, interesting. So All they right. took the overtime really seriously, and it was great for me because I would work those three twelve hour days <laughs> and earn a bunch of overtime as yeah. I was doing it. There was yeah. a situation when I was working. Um, well, not to brag, I know you brought up your earlier job. I worked <laughs> at Dunkin' Nick, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, and what would happen is it was a similar sort of situation, and so. Um, a, a popular courier service, let's just say, that favors the color brown, would show up. Um, <laughs> a lot of the workers would come in, park their trucks behind Duncan, and stay exceeding the eight hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. every day. Oh, no every day for like two to three hours. That was just a good hiding spot for him? It was him? a good hiding spot. Wow, okay. Uh, the plaintiff's attorney, Frank Kim of Kim Legal, also is representing plaintiffs in a similar labor, labor suit against uh, Kanye West. Uh, but a spokesperson for Kardashian said these workers were hired and paid through a third-party vendor hired by Kim to provide ongoing services. Kim is not party to the agreement made between the vendor and their workers. Therefore, she is not responsible for how the vendor manages their business and the agreement they have made directly with their staff. So she might not be directly. You know, maybe she can represent them in court against herself. <laughs> maybe against herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I don't know if that's considered a conflict of interest. That's a bold legal yeah. move. Uh, so Kim <laughs> has never paid a vendor, they said, for the services in hopes that the issue between these workers and the vendor who hired them can be amicably resolved soon. No, you're out of order. <laughs> Uh, staying in that vein, Scott Disick and Amelia Gray Hamlin's relationship was on full display during his lavish 39th birthday party attended by ex Courtney, also Kim, Chloe, and Sia was there wow. too. Do you think every time these pictures pop up that Lisa Renna and Harry Hamlin meet on a table to put nooses around their necks? Uh, the 19 year old shared shots of them snuggling on Instagram stories and glimpses of the soiree overall. I love the part. You. 
The party had a Disick aviation theme, uh, uh, but Amelia opted to buy him a Harley Davidson. Uh, so he's it's like a motorcycle. Yeah, he captioned uh, one video: "New Harley can't complain." Thanks, Amelia Gray. Uh, Scott spared no expenses, offering party attendees diamond necklaces and watches <laughs> as favors. Yeah, yeah. Per Kim's Instagram story. So Lisa Renna, who's her mother, is not thrilled with this relationship and has been really. Oh, has she said been... it out loud. Oh, yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. She's not thrilled. Wow. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is how. So Disick sported his own diamond initial pendant necklace uh, and told Kim, "This is how the Lord does it." Yeah. Does well, he call himself you Lord? Know, yeah. His Instagram handle is uh, "Let the Lord be with you." Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> they misspelled Disick, and uh, you know they it was dickhead. And uh, uh, he said, and the jeweler said, "No, that was no misspelling." He said he he also posted, uh, "I'm sorry, everybody else gives out candy. I give out ice and good ice. Man, he gives out good ice. Could he be more full of himself?" Well, the question is, and I, this again, I have to say, what exactly is it that he does for a living? No oh, one has been know. able to determine that. Uh, uh, besides being an influencer, which we know he is, I don't know what what is his what is he trained to do. But he is Preston. He, look, is he wearing a, a chain that says that has a big SD on it? Yeah, Scott Disick. Oh. He's such oh, a dude. Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yeah. yeah, there you Thanks, go. Scooby Doo. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Scooby's got the little yeah. uh, tag. Super you know, dickhead. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I'm super dickhead. Wow. All right, I have other things to get to. Last year, before COVID changed everything, Rebel Wilson took a bold step toward a personal transformation. She declared the year uh, she turned forty to be her year of health. And in the process, she lost 60 pounds, prioritized her well-being in general. Now she tells InStyle she's thinking about her financial health. So when I did my year of health, I was obviously more focused on my physical and mental health because I had suffered from emotional eating for many years. Uh, But after I crushed that and have now just been maintaining it, I thought, oh, wait, financial wellness is important, too. And now that I'm in my 40s, you really start thinking about setting yourself up for the future. Uh, so you've got to be a bit smarter with your money. So she's not uh, enamored anymore of hosting Pooch Perfect? Well, I don't know about that. But she said she is constantly reviewing her accounts to make sure that she is on track. She said, I have friends who are very successful in music or acting uh, that have had millions taken from them. So what I did last year is set up a monthly meeting where I go through all my accounts and huh. transactions, every single one of them, and make sure that everything is correct. I check that I'm getting a good deal on things like cable TV and my phone plan and that I'm saving the right amount of money for taxes. That's pretty smart. Uh, it only takes a few hours to go over, but that's how I stay on top of it. So yeah. good for her. Uh, one of her newfound commitment to uh, commitments to health even as life returns to normal, she said, uh, during the Almond and the Seahorse, um, seahorse? which I don't know what that is, uh, I was working with... Seahorses forever. <laughs> I was uh, working with two incredible European actresses, Charlotte Gainsborough uh, and... Trine Dyrol. Diarrhea? Durham? Not familiar. This this is supposed to be an independent film or something. And they were amazed at my discipline because every morning I was up at the gym in the hotel working out for 90 minutes before a full day of filming. But that's where, that's just my life now, she said. It's not out yet. Okay. It's a movie. It's it's in uh, post-production that she's in with those uh, people that Preston mentioned, but it has not yet been released. Um, Wilson also feels like she's ready to be out there again after breaking up with boyfriend Jacob Bush. Uh, she told Extra, it's been a uh, respectable amount of time. You know, after you break up, you have 
respect for the person you've broken up with. So now, yeah, out there looking, she says. She always plays, though, in her rom-com roles, she always played one type of character. You know, the the girl yeah. was passed over but then finds love at the yeah. end. So I wonder what she's going to be doing now. Good question. Chris Hemsworth jokes that he's lucky to have three children since he only wants to be, uh, since one wants to be Superman. Uh, the 37-year-old said that of his 7-year-old twin sons and, and said had said he wanted to be a superhero. One of them did. Uh, just like his dad who plays Thor but not into Thor. Hold, he said, holding my little man's hand and asking him the age-old question, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, Dad, I want to be Superman. <laughs> uh, he said, luckily, I have two other kids. <laughs> uh, and a few people uh, chimed in and commented on that, too. So Josh Brolin of Deadpool replied uh, with ha-ha-has, and Ryan Reynolds added some uh, laughing emojis. Uh, Gal Gadot uh, also dropped a laughing emoji. But uh, Jason Momoa uh, shared that he had a similar experience with his 12-year-old son, Wolf. He said, yeah, Wolf wanted to be Batman. <laughs> he shared. So. You can't. You can't change what they want, right? Yeah, no, no. But look, look, here's a picture of Chris Hemsworth with his, with his son. Oh, he looks like Thor all yep. the goddamn all time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Johnny Knoxville has broken his silence. He told GQ that Bam Margera, uh, who has been bashing him and everyone else we talked about yesterday, involved in the Jackass Four project. Broke his contract related to substance abuse. He said, we want Bam to be happy and healthy and get the help he needs. We tried to push that along, and I think that's all I really want to say about it. Uh, He later added, I don't want to get into a public back and forth with Bam. I just want him to get better. Mm. I believe those guys. I I, I do. I fully believe those guys. Especially Steve-O. Because what Steve-O wrote, you know, and and I, I sense that they really, really care about Bam. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alex Trebek earned a posthumous nod, and Drew Barrymore received her first daytime Emmy nomination as talk show host. Uh, Emmys will be issued in 40 categories. That'll be June 25th on CBS. ABC's General Hospital led the nominations with 21. Wow, General Hospital. (laughs) Well, Jeannie Francis, right? Yeah, it's her birthday. Yeah. Uh, Followed by fellow soaps Young and the Restless and Days of Our Lives, which uh, grabbed 11 nods each. It's the daytime Emmys. Yeah, but when do they air? Well, good question. The, uh, you know, they're you, still on. It man. used to be like blocks of oh, soap yeah. operas, Preston. Huge. You blocks. could start at one and go all the way through it like four or five. Yeah, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in on it. I, my, my two were. We, we said before, guiding light, and as the world turns. Mm. All my children. That's what we were into. <laughs> yeah, big that time. Was me. Yep, all my kids. That's what we called it. Uh, so the bold and beautiful scored nine nods. So that'll be on June twenty fifth. Uh, former Bachelorette champ Ryan Sutter can finally explain the most ama- uh, almost paralyzing fatigue and health issues that he's been dealing with. Sutter says he has Lyme disease triggered by high levels of molds. Uh, he said on his wife Trista Sutter's podcast, Trista, it seems to be that what happened is my immune system was weakened through exposure to toxins and especially to mold. Uh, I thought you said moles. So so he's a firefighter, or was a firefighter. Yeah, I don't know what he does now. Uh, He said there are other people in the fire academy, there you go, that probably had the same exposures who aren't dealing with these exposures because uh, their genetics are stronger. They're able to get rid of the toxins easier. I'm wondering if this has something to do with, say, you're going into a house that's on fire and you're breaking down walls and there are... Maybe moldy conditions, and you're not wearing a respirator or something. If that can mm-hmm. exacerbate or cause issues, quite possibly, because a lot of that's you know they go in some of these older buildings, yeah, and fires, and, and stuff gets uh, 
kicked up, you know, right. asbestos and stuff. I don't know, man. Mold. Oh, who hell. knows what else is in there. He also tested positive for COVID-19 and Epstein-Barr virus Yes, which well. makes you very, very, very tired. Epstein-Barr does? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What about Epstein-Horshack? Yeah, they're uh... similar, but you, uh, the, you, you tend you want to have this compulsion to jam a, a rubber hose up your nose. <laughs> and you go, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, so. have, uh, I have Lyme disease, and it can resurface at any time. It sucks, you know? Yeah. And it's just one of those things where, like, I, I think I have to probably get bitten by a deer tick again. Um, to counteract I, it? To, no, to react it. To, oh, because it's one right. of those viruses that lives in your body. I talked to Dr. Mike about it, and he explained it to me, and I forget exactly Do what you, he said. Did you gain the superpowers of a deer? Nope. Okay. No, hey. I wish that I had. But I got the bullseye mark on my where the deer t- Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a classic sign. Yep. So, Lyme, it can come back at any time? I believe so, yeah. Well, I know so, but I don't know exactly how it gets uh, reactivated. Okay. All right. And if so, there's treatment for that, right? Yes. And okay. there are medications you can take. But, uh, Steve, talking, like, it made me really, really tired. And this yeah. was two or three years ago. I went camping. I got a tick. Got the bite and uh, then saw the the bullseye mark, and that's what led to it. There was a time when there was kind of nothing you could do about it. Right. Yes. And, yeah. and people just had to deal with all that fatigue. Our, yeah. our, our friend Steve McLean has uh, mm. Lyme disease as well, and it, it can pop back up. It might be something uh, just as, as um, basic as getting run down yeah. Yeah. will cause it. Nick, I had a similar thing, and I just don't know. So when you had your bite in your bullseye, did you see a tick too or just the bullseye? Just the bullseye. So, okay, so I had the same exact thing. It was on my leg. Um, and I was like, well, crap. And I showed my wife and I'm like, I think this might be a tick bite. And she's like, no, that's a tick bite. And then I said, Dr. Mike, and then Dr. Mike gave me prescription. Mm-hmm. And so, so you have, I it. think I have it yeah. and had it. Right. Um, Wait, but I just never saw a you? dick. You never saw a what? I forget what I was saying. I was interrupted <laughs> well, well, so Kathy, rudely. Ka- no, Kathy yeah. was asking. He never, t- he never tested you. No, I just made a phone call. I, dude, yeah, I don't want to go into my city. Is the king of running tests. Yeah. By the way, Nick, I heard the same thing. <laughs> What'd you hear? I thought you, you said you never saw a dick. <laughs> oh, I never saw. I never saw a tick. <laughs> right. It's, it's not what. Uh, it but it was like. near the that area. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but it was on my leg. It was a clear bullseye, and. Um, <laughs> And so I sent him a picture of it, and then okay, he so sent it, me the prescription, and yeah, we're all good. If you get the bite in the circle, does that necessarily does that that may not mean that you're you've gotten Lyme disease? It's just you just, you got the bite, and and you might not have been infected. With, I don't know. Right? Yeah, this does not sound like Doctor Mike to me. No. That's why I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was Doctor Mike. Okay, unless it was somebody I'd take else. a wait and see attitude. <laughs> unless it was just a friend no. named Mike. Don't even joke about that. He'll have a heart attack. He would not. No, <laughs> he will have a heart attack. But you know, he does what you're supposed to do. You be proactive. Test and retest. Yeah, absolutely. And just wait and see. All right. Um... <laughs> Peacock is developing a series adaptation of the hit novel by Victoria Aveyard, Red Queen. And Elizabeth Banks will executive produce, direct, and star in this. Interesting. What does um, this uh, involve? This sounds superhero or otherworldly. But it does. It? it is. So the, the one-hour drama is set in an alternative future where a super-powered monarchy has replaced democracy. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. So And she's great. And pretty she much everything she does is awesome. So I will look forward to seeing that. And then one last thing: the Point Honors Gala in New York honored Kira Cedric and Kevin Bacon uh, over this past weekend. Uh, they were honored as allies to the LGBTQ community during their virtual the virtual event. Uh, Sedgwick said, growing up with a best friend who is queer and so many LGBTQ people who are members of our biological families and our families of choice, supporting this community was never really a question. It was a matter of course. And we are committed to their right to live and love as they choose. 
as we are uh, our own. So it's a nice award for those guys. We love those guys. All right, shall we slip into the clips, folks? Yeah. All right. We'll start with this one. Uh, in the dry, a man travels back to his drought-stricken hometown to attend a tragic funeral. However, his return reopens the door to the unsolved death of a teenage girl. Here, Eric Bana talks about the importance of seeing the movie on the big screen. The film was able to have a massive cinematic release here in Australia and was a massive hit. Um, so hopefully many Americans can experience it. I will promise you this. I know you can't travel right now. But you're going to feel like you've been in Australia by the end of by the end of this film. It's a completely transportive uh, experience watching this movie. I don't. I don't want. To, I don't think I want to see it. The dry is in theaters now. All right. Here's the next clip. Uh, Vera Farmiga returns to uncover the truth behind a murderer's claim of demonic possession Ooh. in. The Conjuring season. The Conjuring, uh, yes, the uh, third the, movie. The Conjuring uh, series. We call it The Conjuring. The Conjuring. <laughs> uh, here she talks about the movies that uh, scared her growing up. It was Fre- Freddy Krueger's claws. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I knew I heard those claws scraping the ceiling, come, uh, scraping the walls, coming after me. And I, for hours of insomnia, and I, I would just like, it was terror unlike I've ever felt. Uh, so that movie will uh, hit theaters on June 3rd. That is The Conjuring 3. <laughs> the Conjuring 3. <laughs> Conjuring 3. Uh, you have not seen any of The Conjurings, nor should you. Uh, uh, no, it, I don't they want will, to. They will kill you. <laughs> I don't want them. Yeah. They like will the... destroy your life in ways you can't imagine. Scary haunted stuff. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you actively dissuade Preston from watching something, but I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he should yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, they are super well done, and they're, you know, solid. But everything that you hate that terrifies you about horror movies is are in these. Uh, now, I like her an awful lot. She's great. Is she in other movies in the, the series? Yeah. yeah, so she's in the, all the Conjurings, oh. and she's also in the uh, Annabelle uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. What? <laughs> yeah, the one where What's An- she Annabelle doing comes here? <laughs> Isn't that that horrible Billy Bob Thornton movie? <laughs> that Annabelle is a whore. Yeah. That's one. I love in that there's the first standalone Annabelle movie where they find the doll in the house. He's this young couple. And they, you know, they take it, they, they find it. This is the rattiest, most terrifying looking doll. We'll put it in the baby's room. Right. Really? But the real Annabelle just looks like a standard. It's uh, a Raggedy Ann doll. Raggedy Ann. Yeah. So, yeah, they had to, you, you can't have right. Raggedy Ann in a movie. Be right. a scary thing. So, <laughs> all right. That is all that I have for the Entertainment Report for you today. All right. Um, Annabelle. We had a new uh, school that was chosen at random, Downingtown West High School for Coolest Teacher. Text the word teacher to 39333. We'll send you the voting link. Let us know what teacher has made a difference this year. It's been a very trying year for those students. They've had some terrible tragedies there. Um, but we also want to congratulate uh, Maria Murray uh, from the Little Flower Catholic High School. She was our winner. She's a social, yeah. social studies teacher. So we'll give her the award. We have some cool stuff uh, to set her up with. We're going to take a break and come back in just a moment. Uh, we will have Buzzy Cohen, who has been guest hosting for Jeopardy this week on the program later today, too. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Rock history. When longer was better. 
And this Memorial Day weekend, 93.3 WMMR is going to pull out some of your favorite long songs. Six, seven, 12 minutes? Heck yeah! Listen every hour and soak in the epic excess while you inhale smoke from the barbecue grill. And the golden rays from the sun, the heavens will shine down upon us to signal the beginning of the summer season. And geez, guys, what is this? War and peace? Okay, blah, 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 down the shore. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Smart speakers, the MMR app. Okay, here we go. Squonk? Yes. Alice's Restaurant? No, that's for Thanksgiving, Pierre. So, long songs every hour, all weekend. From the station that sometimes has a little problem getting to the point. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that blah, 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 you know the rest. I think we can stroll the streets of Philadelphia. I've got a report from the city beat this morning. Wow, wow. Mm, It's time to get those feet out on the street and listen to some stuff that's happening right around where you live. It's the city beat. Yeah, so there are a few stories that uh, are taking place in and around our city. (laughs) I love this picture of you, Press. Have you seen this one that's up in the studio? (laughs) It's you. It's new. Yeah, uh, that's it, good. It's me in a black and white uh, outfit, <laughs> and, I, and I'm smoking it. I have a cigarette in my hand, and apparently it looks like a, a journalist yes, from uh, like the 1950s. Edward R. Murrow type yeah. of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, maybe you saw this yesterday, but a restaurateur celebrated his birthday by having chefs assemble a cheesesteak that measured 510 feet long. Wow, how big was the uh was the white bread that they put in? <laughs> All right, so are you talking about uh putting cheesesteaks on a, I'm, I'm referencing a giant argument we had on the air a couple of months ago. Oh, but. about that. No, well <laughs> yeah. here here's okay, listen, I hate to be lately I've been kind of negative and pointed in my uh opinions, but I don't see this as I just see this as a bunch of sandwiches lined up I next to each other. I don't well, see it as one big sandwich. You know what I mean? So here's it's got to be one piece of bread. Uh, I agree. Yeah. So listen, we make concessions. Like sometimes, you know, like Wawa will do. You know, they, they the, the world the biggest hoagie and so on and so forth. And it is a collection of sandwiches. You know, side by side. I think if you really want a real record, record, it would have to be. I agree with you, Preston. A nonstop piece of bread yes but, which you need a gigantic oven to make so uh, or, i understand the problem or at least yes yeah because they have done that they have done like lo- huge lasagna that they cook in like a, like a huge heated surface right and i think those are pretty amazing to pull off i guess so, logistically how would you do that yeah you could. so so making a roll i mean not lengthwise but you could make a a, a deep one like a, a yeah. big one the size of an oven you know what i mean and and then fill that up with, you know, 50 pounds of beef or whatever it is. But I don't know. They went with this. So it was 510 feet long. Still uh, impressive. Uh, Rene Kobietri, Kobietri, not sure how you say his name. He's the owner of the Rim Cafe. Uh, recruited a team of chefs to build the sandwich that measured more than two blocks long on Monday night. Rim Cafe. Uh, Rim Cafe. <laughs> um, so Gino Vento, owner of uh, Gino's and a friend of Kobietri, uh, said several different varieties of cheesesteak were included in this as well. Cool. Um, they had a ravioli cheesesteak. Uh, I saw that, and I was kind of intrigued. <laughs> that also sullies the integrity of the long cheesesteak. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I mean, it, also, do you need any more carbs? <laughs> I think right. so. You're, you're not, you're not getting enough bread? starch. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but then again, when you have spaghetti, you, you know, got to have bread, right? I, so, yeah. Do you yeah. like pizza steaks? I I don't prefer them, but okay. I like them. I do. You know, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like buff. Uh, you know, when I when I change it up from time to time, the buffalo chicken cheese steak and the pizza steak are, are my my alternates. If I'm gonna dive in, I'm I'm just gonna get your standard. You know, uh, not whiz. I usually do uh, provolone wit. Okay, uh, but um, but every now and then, and I, I get chicken cheese steaks just because I like the flavor from yeah. time to time. Something I, different. I love chicken cheese steaks. Um, so they also had they had the ravioli cheese steak, the marinara cheese steak. And a Spanish cheesesteak. I'm not sure what that what is. What was in that? Yeah. Sounds pretty good, though. Yeah. Uh, the final sandwich beat the team's goal of 480 feet. Uh, Kobe Atri said the cheesesteak will be submitted for an official Guinness World Record, but whether or not it's accepted, he already plans to outdo his accomplishment and go bigger next time. Well, listen, clearly we should have the world's record for the largest cheesesteak in yeah. this city. Yeah, if they're, uh, they're going to call this a one-sandwich thing, then we should definitely yes. own... and if we need to cheat, then we do it. That, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, if this is how you do the contest, then that's how you do it. Now, but, the food divvying up, I didn't get. I didn't see it in the article, I didn't read the full article, but uh, what do they do with the aftermath of all this food? You know what, Steve, I'm not sure. Uh, they have had to have had welcome the neighborhood out right. to have at it because that's a that's a lot of it's a lot of food. We used to do this really cool thing at um, my when my boys were Cub Scouts and they would have this thing called the Cubbery and it was essentially an overnight stay at, yes. at, at a park and there was all kinds of activities and stuff like that. They would do uh, what they I don't know if they called it the world's largest Sunday or not, but they would do this thing where they would take. Gutters, okay, brand new gutters that nice. you would get to your house. Yeah, and they would lay the gutter out on the and, table and put the Sunday in that billet full of ice cream. See that works. I thought that was pretty awesome, man. Yeah. And it, we really looked forward to that. That was cool. Things like that you can do, like like so so ice cream pudding, um, uh, yeah. even like a, like a pancake, like on a large yes, something that you can make one prepared cooked. You know, yeah. uh, deal. I always find that very impressed. Like a two hundred pound meatball. Yeah. You know, something like that you is. Could do that now. That's science. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna look and see if they can uh, they can get the uh, the world. Well, we have to, we had a pretty damn big Sunday for the uh, for the the drunk day one year. Right? In the children's waiting pool? Children's waiting pool. Yeah. It was just ice cream and water. So big you could drown in it. In fact, you almost did. (laughs) (laughs) What else? Do we ever do? We've done, over the course of years, we've done large food things. Yeah. Yeah, But we've never really, we've never really aimed for the world record. We could. We should focus on that. If we put a little effort in, we could break a world record. What would be our food of choice? What would be, if if you're going to. to do like a largest. A largest. But that that makes sense. That's not sort of. Because, you know. As you said, there is an issue with taking a whole bunch of sandwiches and sort of daisy chaining them together. The hardest part about it is is the cooking part, right? Um, so you, you, if you can if you can find something where you just slap a bunch of stuff together and it's the biggest one ever, that's easy. How about the I mean? world's largest s'more cooked over a pine barrens fire? Ooh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, well, we have to start a wildfire first. Let's <laughs> okay. not first. We have to prepare the thing and right. then we have to go light it. Um, What's the world's largest soft pretzel? I mean, that, that is something you could do. You, and that should that, be here, too, right? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. It should be. That's We should look into that. World's largest soft pretzel. And yeah. then then what you do is you go, this is the way I always see things like that. 
you okay? So for the world's largest soft pretzel, then you go to like a a, a smelting, you know, like a, a like a we're looking at we're it's looking, gigantic. It's, 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 we, we found it. It's the size of a, of, a, of a basketball gym. Now the question would be: Was Ew. it cooked as that, or was it pieced together from cooked pieces? Where would you yeah. cook something like that in, in a in a place that melt like an ironworks factory? Oh, oh. I think, right? Uh, maybe. I'm not really sure. All right, so I'm sure, I'm sure they uh, any ironworks. Any smelting plant would allow us to cook a huge pretzel. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a U.S. steel place out by you, Kathy, in Conchi, by the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Yes. See if they could help okay. us out. There's like a huge contro- controversy. You, okay, happening. hang on. Use your feminine wiles. Well, Kathy. All right, I'm I think interested in making a huge pretzel at your place. I don't know if we're overthinking this or underthinking this, but you can like maybe just if you created like a, a giant. Charcoal pit or something along those lines because I'm trying okay. to think of that guy who was yep. uh, who's cooking pizzas volcano. or on the volcano. Yes, but if you you could do that and just sort of you know, it's a great idea. I like cover it. it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's look into it. All right, we will. So anyhow, largest cheesesteak as of now is 510 feet long. So there you go. I have some other things from the city. Wow, wow. Pass along to you. Uh, this morning, so we'll go with this. Nick sent me this. I think this is really cool. The Museum of Illusions. This looks cool. Is set to open in Philadelphia oh. later this year. Yeah, That's cool. so so think of the happy place, but with yeah. really mind. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a pop up either. It's yeah, it's yeah, a permanent yeah, yeah, museum yeah. that's coming in, which is yep. cool. It's going to stay. Oh. So the it's gonna be sick. The five. <laughs> well, if you, it's like MC Escher. You might get uh, vertigo and get yeah syphilis. Yeah, or sick. Oh, sick. Or, Sorry, yeah, not vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> not syphilis. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's my own thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 5,000-square-foot Museum of Illusions at 401 Market Street will exhibit optical illusions, holograms, stereograms, and immersive experiences. Candygrams? No candygrams, as far as I know. I saw one picture, Preston, and it's all pers- it's all made for photographs and perspectives, but there is... Um, uh, yeah, here here's the picture up that they they put on Instagram, which is it appears to be a very tiny man sitting on a chair, uh-huh. and a, a woman patting, large woman patting her on the head, but it's obviously forced perspective. That's yes. Cool. <laughs> so Rob Cooper, the Penn State grad and Villanova MBA behind the Museum of Illusions, uh, said that there are pop ups and there are Instagram spots, but what differenti- differentiates us is that this is a permanent. Uh, edutainment, they're calling it. I love edutainment. Yeah. Uh, he said it's certainly entertaining. It's edu, but with-tainment. But it's also a healthy dose of education. Uh, yes, all of this stuff, the way we perceive things. Have you ever gone down one of those classic, I don't know, there's a name for the for the hole and the illusion, Preston, but it, it makes it look like as you walk into it, you're getting bigger and smaller. Right. Have you ever gone into no. one of those? Mm-mm. Now, to you, doing it, you don't see it, but people around you see it who are back in in perspective it's very cool you know what there was one illusion and steve they don't have it anymore it was at uh universal studios the the back lot tour that you can take which shows old movie sets and stuff like that yeah. they would uh take you through this tunnel yeah, yeah yeah uh that inside it spun around and they used it in the six million dollar man on the way the bigfoot episode the bigfoot episode and I, i'm telling you dude i almost vomited going in there and they said just close your eyes if you start to feel messed yeah. up and apparently andre the giant had a really hard time going through that <laughs> yeah it was it really messed with my head it felt like we were spinning out of control and, I know, 
Never seen anything. Uh, quite you know, like press a lot of the Halloween um, uh, haunted haunted locations, and in fact, I think Creamy Acres has it as well. That spinning tunnel, and they have things spinning against yeah. each other, Ugh. so it creates this illusion, and that's why. No. You have to have guide ropes on each side of the... Uh, I don't like them. You don't like it? No, they it make me... you up? I, yeah, I, I would like be that. like Andre the Giant. I would get sick. Uh, so he said, it's certainly entertaining. Like Pro Jam. We have a healthy <laughs> dose of education. He said, we show you illusions and then help you understand how these tricks play on your perception. Do you do you love that stuff? Do you love? Uh, oh, I yes. love all of we that. Whole, we have a whole book at home of uh, of optical illusions, and from time to time, I'll pick it up and flip through it. And I think it's awesome. The hidden images and paintings. You remember those those things where you'd you'd stare at it and you'd start to see an image, oh, yeah. like a three D. I liked those. I loved. I could nail those constantly. Yeah, and it me would too. Drive my wife crazy because she couldn't do a single yeah, one yeah. of them. The magic eye. The magic eye. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have that whole book. The, the book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there were stores. Do you remember that oh, they yeah. existed for a brief period, yep. like a Prince Plus. Plus, yeah, where th- that's all they sold. Yeah, it's not um, a schooner. Yeah, it's no, a no, sailboat. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is that from uh, Mall that's Rats? Rats? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I can't see those. I saw one really one time. What, yeah. What is it though? Like, why can some people see them and other people? Can't? I think there's there's a bit of a trick to it, and it's it's there sort is. of staggering your. And I do it. I, I let my eyes go a little sort of. Yeah. You have to look you're past. Like, it, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 what you're focusing on has to be past it, and uh, it, it was really hard for me to do, but I was eventually able yeah. to do it. But I can't do it. I haven't looked at one in ages, so I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I haven't looked at it, one in a long time. But I remember I would always look at like a glare or something else. Yes. Like, on the yes, the yeah, photo. and that can help you actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you almost have to look at it like you're you're trying to see your reflection in there yes. because yeah, yeah, you yeah, look exactly. beyond that. Um, there was one on Twitter not that long ago, and it reminded me of the the mall rat scene. And and um, <laughs> I was interested to see whether or not I'd be able to do it on a computer screen because it's a different way of looking at something it than, than it was a print. And I was able to get it. Uh, it was butterflies, right? And, and they, but it took a little longer than it used to. But yeah, in, the, in like mid to late nineties, those things were all the rage. I, I think a static picture is a little bit easier because yeah. you're not dealing with the backlighting. Totally, you know. Yeah. I had a stealth bomber hanging in my room. Okay, in, uh, in college. Uh, so this guy Rob said everything is explained. You're experiencing it firsthand and also learning about it. Locations around uh, the globe, by the way. Uh, the, the Cooper who lives in Westchester opened his first outpost in Chicago last November. Well, you know, so like, this is what he does. Now. Like the MC Escher stuff I always loved yeah. in the, the Harry Potter world with the staircase press. And that's very MC Escher. Yep. Uh, I, I like the ones where you, you look at a picture and it's like an old lady and you flip it upside down yeah. and it's a man, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're just, they're different things that people are drawn towards. Or do you see... Do you see a goblet or do you see two faces, you know? Kissing. And, do, yeah. do, you, do you freak out? So there are the ones they will sell around Halloween. It's a big time where you walk to one side of the picture. It's, a, it's an old, you know, a, a, a portrait of, an, of a woman, a pretty woman, and you go to the other side and it's a corpse. Right. Yeah, that optical illusion is very cool as well. So Cooper says that while the exhibits at the various museums of illusions are generally consistent, he plans to incorporate some Philly flavor Ooh. in the location here. One exhibit, Preston and Steve exhibit. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that'd be a nice. Could little someone nod. acknowledge us? Uh, one exhibit will give the illusion that you're crawling up the side of a house, and that house is based on the historic uh, Elfrith's Alley design. Ah. And the upside down room will be based on a Philly diner concept. Cool. Uh, the Museum of Illusions is currently scheduled to open on November first, and you can expect admission to be around twenty bucks for adults and fifteen dollars for children. That's so fine. That'll be a new thing to check out uh, in the 
the city. Let's go somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I have another museum. Another museum. <laughs> I got this uh, one from Marissa. I would like to see this. The new Neon Museum. Ooh. Neon! Yeah, it's been in the works for um, more than 40 years. Neon! <laughs> neon. Oh, neon. Uh, North American Street in Lower Kensington is where you'll find it. Uh, inside, the new Neon Museum of Philadelphia pops with color, movement, and a whole lot of Philly nostalgia. So I had a, um, like a, uh, kind of a quasi-lasic procedure on my on both my eyes, it's just a thing that that can prevent a a type of glaucoma down the line, and um and uh, so they did these tiny openings in my eyes with lasers, and now when I look at some lights, oh, it's like it, it's really cool. Is it? Do you get, get like the uh, halo around a, it? A, a little bit, yeah, but it but like it'll 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 pop, it looks very Christmas tree blinky, and it's cool. So this might be awesome. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Oh, that I that I can't stand the the halo effect. That's the one thing that I don't, I don't get. Like a, I don't really get. It's, it's at night. I get, no, I'm different. I just yeah, have yeah. bad eyesight. But um, at night, like when driving, oh, you, I it's I an get, issue. The super halo. I mean, I can still see and drive fine, but like I will get the halo around any street light, any headlight, oh. any light whatsoever. Okay. Do you guys ever? Ha- did you ever have any neon lights? Or you know, I did around yeah. the house. Yeah, I like design. I, in, in my room, I had sort of cool. You know, like uh, writing. I forget what it was, but did it, it buzz? Did it like? Could you? Yes, hear it? Yeah. and that's kind of why I had to get rid of it because yeah, I, make that, I can't stand that. Oh, I didn't have one of those like actual buzzing neon lights, but I did have whatever they sold uh, for Electric Youth for Debbie Gibson. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, I had that. Okay, uh, I remember one of the first radio stations I worked for. Uh, they had it, uh, the name of the radio station was Y one hundred and seven, and so. Inside the studio, they had this big neon Y107 light that hung right. on the wall. And I asked them why they never turned it on. Because when you turn it on, it would interfere with the equipment. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so they so they spent, I don't know how many thousands of dollars on this sign, wow. and they could never use it. They could never turn it on. <laughs> Those things wreak havoc. They make noise. Yeah. Uh, they do. the great static. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. kinds of stuff. Well, they have newer, you know, updated technology ones. Um, yeah. My friend got one for her wedding, and so they, they put um, their names, you know, their, their last name, and they hung it on a wall at the wedding, but they kept it, and it's very, I don't even know how it's run but it's not like the old ones yeah i have a neon light the, the shore house that we bought came with it the the uh the garage has a specific theme uh and it has a neon light and it's broken yeah and so i don't know what you do with broken neon mm. you throw yeah. them out things you, you throw them out hang on marissa's <laughs> nodding she might know i don't oh, know what um, you do I, this guy who runs the neon museum fixes them Ooh. Oh, actually, there you go. That's how he's collecting Maybe your garage could end up in the museum, Preston. You never know. You never know. Do you, uh, do you literally have to, uh, maybe, Marissa, you know, but when they fix them, do they have to get new neon gas to pump them through? I guess it depends on what's wrong with it. Okay. But, but they, yes, if, if one's broken, right. you got to get a new tube with, with a specific that neon that'll give you that color put in there. So the gas is is what causes that to, they, they electrify that gas and it lights up like okay. that. Uh, so some of the signs and things they'll have, uh, they have the Horn and Hard Art sign originally at 30th oh. Street Station. Yeah. Uh, there's Pet Boys, Shirt Corner, and in one room alone, nearly 100 more handcrafted vintage neon signs. There's a lot of, uh, you know, classic Philadelphia advertisement. I love that. That's that was cool. neon. Yeah. That's Retro be there. look. Yes. Uh, the, the original Pat Stakes crown that sat atop of its uh, Strawberry Mansion business in the 50s. Wow. Uh, Pets so, chili dogs. Uh, you know, <laughs> Pets chili dogs. That was, neon sign. 
They would have to. <laughs> Uh, the museum was already uh, was ready to open last fall, but the pandemic had other plans, and recently only museum members could view the collection. Uh. Uh, but starting this past April, uh, they opened the doors to the public on a limited basis uh, during a soft opening uh, to the delight of many who have been already uh, following the museum online. So... Uh, that's another thing to go and take a look at. The animated signs, and of course, oh, you, I love them. You remember the old, the old sh- footage of of classic Vegas on front. Tree. Those were all like the, the the cowboy with the moving his hand and the yep. thumb to himself. That was a neon sign that was animated. It was great. Yeah, there was a um, at uh, growing up in St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues were my team, and they had a neon sign out in front of uh, the arena, which is the name of where they played. And it had a guy, one guy, a blues player at one end with a hockey stick up, and the second one, it would it would flash, it would come down, and it would hit the puck across the uh, the front of the That's sign. Cool. That's yeah. cool. It was really yeah. cool. I lo- yeah, and they also had a huge neon Budweiser sign uh, that the eagle would fly. Wow. Oh, cool. It was so cool, man. You know what? I need to find a video of that. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. It was gigantic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, those animated yeah, yeah, yeah. neon signs are pretty badass. I love them. Yeah. All right, uh, so that's available in the city. Two super cool museums to visit. All right, here's another thing for you to visit. Almost 200 years after being held in the spring this year, the flower show will take place in the summer. Yes. It will be June 5th to the 13th to be exact. And for the first time ever, it'll be held outdoors. Awesome. I'm going. My wife is going about 4,400 times with friends. <laughs> and and uh, so, um, and... Uh, I'm going to go and bring my camera and take uh, pictures. I think it's going to be uh, a, a cool thing. Yeah, I go every year. I love it. It's awesome. It's so pretty. I'm wondering if they're having different types of uh, stuff out there because it's outside. and right. have it's churros. Later. What well, they're, uh, no, they're yeah, able yeah, to they, expand a lot more, Kathy. So it's it's much bigger rounds. I always thought FDR Park was way underutilized, and it's a great place to do it. And um, I'm and really they can they can they can incorporate it into the environment. Totally. So you're you're bringing an artificial environment, and it, they do a fantastic job in the convention center. Wait, it's going to be bigger than the convention yes. center? Yes, yeah, yeah, the way oh that they're laying God. it out. And it's 200 miles long. Kathy. It is, yeah, and they, they actually uh, overlaps 95, and then goes into the river. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Holy yeah, it, they, they're actually doing kelp. And then I think you have to swim across the river to get to the second half. They're doing something in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Wow. Actually, and some even in the prison across the river. Fifteen acres of the park. Oh, okay, well we overestimated, oh, which is a lot, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Fifteen acres—that's a whole lot. Uh, so, so yeah, just, the, just to the edge of the river. Uh, so it'll be held outdoors, bringing together the beauty of flowers, the health benefits of being outdoors, and all and, the pollen, and bringing the theme <laughs> of habitat. That's the theme. Habitat. Oh, okay. Habitat. That's my favorite theme. Nature's masterpiece. Uh, so it'll bring it to life. Uh, the Pennsylvania Horticulture Society has moved its award-winning event to FDR Park, as Nick had said. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be huge. And I think that uh, it's great that they use an FDR park. I love going to the flower show too in the in the winter months, but it suffers from the same thing as the car show. It, it's great, it's really cool to see, but it's cold and awful out. Right. And then you get inside the convention center, yeah. and it's a thousand degrees, and you're all bundled up from being outside. So you're like, you don't know what to wear when you go to the well, here the car you'll know, show the, you know. And, the, yeah. and you know what they're doing, which I think is cool. They're they're outlining all of the people who sleep in the park with marigolds. Okay. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. That's terrible. It'll be wonderful, Kathy. They're sprucing up the joint. I was going to ask um, if any of you went, uh, well, they didn't have it last year, the year before, and, and did that butterfly room. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. Yeah, I, I went thought, with my mom. 
Yeah, that was really neat. I didn't realize that they would like land on you like that. These butterflies are everywhere, and you just they give you like a little stick with I forget what was on it. Um, like pollen. Oh, he's oh, going to land on me. Yeah, yeah. Draws them. Yes, and they they come like my, my friend that I went with. She had them all up and down her arm. Like it was cool. I'm no. surprised you didn't get freaked out. Um. I may have screamed a couple times, but I Jesus. did. I did have uh, a butterfly they're on my hand. Disgusting! Hands. No, no, I don't think they're disgusting. <laughs> I've been in one of those butterfly gardens mm-hmm. before. It's really it cool. cool. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. Have you gone to the Elmwood uh, Zoo where the, you go into yes! the bird room? I love that. So I have footage, and I got sl- I have slow mo of Claire, and you, they have you hold up like a like they a land cup or something, on you. and they land all over yeah. you, like like fifty birds. Wait, what do you hold cool. up? It's an it's, app. They're, they put some, like an apple. Is yes, it, right? okay. it's like an apple on a stick. Yeah, I'll show you the footage. But you hold it up, and it's it's the birds. It's not the. In this case, we're, you're looking at the a butterfly on the screen in the studio. But they're just drawn to it, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, that's it is pretty cool. cool. Yeah, those birds are cool. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, that's the right. Only bird yeah, yeah. hater yeah. that are cool. Kathy, I think there's one of those butterfly rooms in the Academy of Natural Sciences. Okay. Maybe I, I don't know if that was a temporary display or not too, but and also I don't know how They had one at the aquarium one time. Did I they okay. Yeah. And I don't know how the pandemic has affected those indoor places over the last couple of years, but um yeah, the, I I did one at uh, Academy of Natural Sciences. Did you ever do the tick room in there? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. They land the on tick you. Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. I got one. I got one. It's got spots all over it. Wow. This is uh, great. So, yes, it'll be June 5th through the 13th. This is the Philadelphia Flower Show. Uh, real quick, I want to go back uh, to the neon thing because we have Rich who works at a neon sign shop. Hi, Rich. Good morning. Hey. <laughs> hey, Rich, what, uh, what, what shop do you work at? Uh, I work at uh, Urban Neon. Urban it's Neon. All Ridley, PA. In Ridley, okay. Do you guys make uh, just make custom stuff or? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. You can bring this. You can bring it by the shop, and they we can take a look at it and see if we can repair it. Oh really? Like, yeah. Preston, go for it. Well. Yeah, you know what? I really make should. an appointment. It's a cool looking sign, and it's it's a Coca Cola sign. I'd like. Is to, it? Yeah. I'd oh, like that's to, very cool. I'd like to get that uh, fixed. So what? Did, what? Did, Rich, what did neon signs go for? Like you know, one that someone could hang up inside in their home. Uh, what? Are, what are their rough prices? Um, I don't do pricing, but I know it's like at least seven hundred or so. So like, it depends. Like if there's like how many different runs of glass there are, and if there's different colors. Sure. Right. Yeah. There, right. There's a, there's a bit of artistry involved with it. Yeah. 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 Just um, seven hundred. Are you guys? Think- are you guys constantly busy, or is it kind of a dying art? Um, it's, I mean, we're busy since, like, the way we were set up, like, um, our boss, he made us into, like, a neon producer, so we're, we'll always have that side of the business. Yep. Because, you know, just all bars, so yeah. we bring in signs for us to fix, and we're one well, of the last ones in the eastern state, eastern side of the state that does it. So. Well, your current boss saw the light while the last one was a dim bulb. Ha-ha! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard that one before? <laughs> No. Okay. No, 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 never have. <laughs> hey, uh, so it's called Urban Neon? Yep. Urban okay. Neon all for right. all your neon needs. In Ridley Park, all right? You got I'm, it. I'm going to look into that and uh, maybe contact you guys about fixing my neon light, dude. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know their slogan, Very leave cool. off the last and for Neo. Take care, man. We'll see ya. Preston, uh, somebody was texting in that there's so much neon um, signage in Wildwood that you might be able to find a place down there because they're, they're known for their neon signs. Yeah. You know? That is a look. That, and it's a look that, uh, to me, that is... 
very classically retro. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a whole up yeah. and down, what is it, Atlantic, Casey, all those uh, hotels oh, that, yeah. are, that are retro, Steve. They're so cool. The Boulevard of Broken Dreams has the, that, the, the, it's outlined in neon lights, is it not? Yeah, 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 you yeah. Can, and, and you can get a, uh, you can get a, a poster, essentially, that has yeah. one neon bar that goes yeah. across to highlight that, so... Uh, all right, anyhow, so the uh, Philadelphia Flower Show outdoors, and then uh, one more thing. Some fun things to do. One more thing. This is not necessarily a fun thing to do as far as the city goes. This but, may not be fun, but listen anyway. And you may not think of Philadelphia as um, this happening, but Brood 10, the cicada. Yes. Uh, or Brood X, as you can call it as well. The, uh, they, in this article I read, uh, they had talked to an expert, Michael Scavarla. I think I might have gotten this. That's from, exactly right. Uh, Philly Mag, head of insect identification library. Yes, at that's Penn correct. State. At yes. Penn State, yes, currently employed the, identifying the various bugs. You're the insect. I ident- am the insect expert. Okay. Um, well, apparently the cicadas have not really hit yet. You may have heard a little bit, but he's saying tonight. Oh, t- like specifically, they know tonight. It, definitely this weekend, if not tonight, is what wow. he said. So, and there is supposedly, supposedly, I correct <laughs> uh, that in prior to it, you will start to hear a subterranean hum. Okay, so mainly he's talking about in Philadelphia because it happened here lately. And what's interesting is there may be more in the urban areas than the rural areas, which is kind of contrary to belief. But he said it's because a lot of r- rural areas have uh, tilling that's going on, turning of the soil. The turning of the soil. And it can kill those before they come up. Uh-huh. And so around here, now it's going to be in areas that have trees like the parks in right. Philadelphia. Uh, but they won't get, uh, they'll have a better chance of surviving. Well, and they're saying if there was construction, any sort of development yes. in the area, like that's going to affect them as well. So that, um, that so my yard is probably good because I, I had a whole, I had it had all some... blown over. Yeah. Uh, I had a ton of work done and I probably wiped them out. Mm. Uh, so my friend does live out in a rural area and her husband called her out. Uh, outside, he goes, "Hey, come here, come look at this." Oh, so boy. she walked out. Uh, she's a, a newborn baby. She's holding the baby. She has no shoes on. She kind of walks out back and goes over. They have this big <laughs> old tree, and she walks over by the tree. And she said, all of a sudden, she started hearing crunching, and she was stepping on something. Uh, and he was calling her over. It their entire underneath the tree. I mean, for, I, so many covered I in the cicadas. You saw, you saw the video, it, Nick? It looked like two or 3,000 of them. I mean, they, they, and they were, Kath, I watched the whole thing and she put it up on her Instagram stories. They were like dripping off the side of the wow. tree, off the underneath well, the branches and stuff. Yeah, and, I mean, she said it was like crunching under yeah. her feet and was she gross. was like, why? Holding the baby, yelling at him, going, why would you do why? that to why? me? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, wow. but so they're, I mean, and they're about a little over, you know, maybe like an hour and a half away okay. from here. So, yep. um, but the, the ground needs they're to- coming. Needs to reach uh, 65 degrees, so I guess maybe they've figured that out and that it's yep. actually going to happen tonight. Yep. That's cool that they can pinpoint it like that. Yeah, tonight, the weekend for sure, but quite tonight, possibly. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, tonight. Uh, so they uh, they say to keep your you know ears peeled, you will uh, peeled, you will hearing them, you will be hearing them. He said. Uh, you will see a really heavy mass emergence any day now. You guys ready? It's going to be a week or two before they hit the Poconos because of the temperature differences. Oh, uh, wow. Kathy. This is so, where Sarah Clayton lives. <laughs> that's up in the Poconos. Um, but they said the adults, how long will this last? The adults uh, just survive for a few weeks. 
long enough to find a mate, do their mating thing, and then the females lay the eggs, and then they die. So you, we won't hear them. By the time we get to July, you won't hear them anymore. So done. So June, and then done yeah, by yeah. July. Yeah. Okay. They they do. It, it's it's all for purposes of mating, correct? That's it. Yep, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, and then they go years. back underground. What an existence! I know. I know. It's all they do. Yeah. You know, I, I, so it's it, actually rather fascinating. I know that it is. <laughs> That's uh, Michael Skvarla. Exactly. Vincent, uh, the bugologist. Head of the Inset Ident- Inset Ident- Identification Library at, at Penn State University. University. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, expect that to happen uh, tonight. We are. We are Penn State. Yeah. State University. <laughs> it was uh, where I work. All right. Uh, that's all the time we have for the city beat, folks. Hope you got something out of that. Yeah, a few a lot things of fun this time. A lot of museums and a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break and come back in a moment because I got some bizarre file stories. It looks like Casey wants me to give away a case of Stella. Ooh-hoo. Hey, Stella. Stella. We'll take caller number 14 at 215-263-WMMR, and we will give you a case of Stella Artois. Stella. Two one five two six three WMMR. Your table is ready in the life Artois. See you soon for a Stella Artois draft at Kavanaugh's Rittenhouse in Center City, Philadelphia. We'll be back in just a second. B file coming up. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let us do this. Now, <laughs> WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. This morning it is brought to you by Sequoia Outback. Don't miss Sequoia Outback's Memorial Day sale with everything that you need to take your outdoor space from taxing to relaxing. Mm. Route 309 in Hatfield or at Deck Supplies. A Florida man yesterday struck his daughter in the face with a slice of pizza, (laughs) resulting in his arrest for battery. You can't do that. No. Police responded to a disturbance call at the victim's Vero Beach home, discovered the 20-year-old with what looked to be tomato sauce on the left side of her face. Uh, Inside the residence front door, the ground was covered with pizza toppings. Uh, The victim told police that her father, Tyler Warden, came to her home on Sunday to drop a pizza off. But when she told Warden that she was not feeling well and asked him to leave, he began arguing with her. Mm. The woman sought to close the front door. Warden allegedly threw a pizza slice at his daughter, striking her in the face. If there had been pineapple on that pizza, that young lady would be dead. After the woman dialed 911, 
Cops arrived at the residence and questioned the warden who admitted, uh, or not the warden, question warden, his last name, uh, who admitted throwing the pizza, but claimed that he thought the door was shut at the time. Uh, An officer noted that he detected a strong odor of an alcoholic beverage on warden's breath. Yeah, I threw a piece. I thought the door was closed. Warden was arrested for battery and booked in the county jail. Oh, it's ridiculous. On the misdemeanor charge of assault, so he is going to jail. Um, This is pretty wild. A man whose mummified remains were found inside a home on Sydney, Australia's lower north shore after 15 years was apparently shot dead during a botched break and enter, a coroner has ruled. So an inquest on Thursday heard Bruce Roberts shot and killed Shane Shellman in 2002 when Mr. Shellman broke into the house. Mr. Roberts, described by his family as an extreme hoarder, a loner, and socially awkward, kept Mr. Sheldman's body hidden in a bedroom for 15 years. Well, why would he throw it away if he's throwing away nothing else? Counsel uh, Tina Xanthos told the court more than 70 bottles of air freshener were discovered surrounding the body. So it smelled good, Kathy. And what she described (laughs) as a conscious effort to to mask the smell of Mr. Snellman's decomposing remains. The last thing you want to do is become nose blind when you have a decomposing corpse in your house. In the weeks surrounding Mr. Roberts' own death, a large buildup of uncollected mail out in front of his house raised concerns among his neighbors about then 50-year-old's welfare. Uh, They called authorities on July 21st, 2017. Emergency services broke down the front door. Maneuvered through the high piles of rubbish to find Mr. Roberts collapsed over a heater. He was dead. They concluded he died of natural causes between May 26 and July 21, 2017. So cleaners employed to clean his estate discovered the other dude's body wow. like a year later. Like it took him that oh long God. to go through. He was a hoarder. At least 19 firearms were also discovered inside the home, but the inquest could not conclude which gun Mr. Roberts used to kill Mr. Snellman. Uh, Snowman was last seen in 2002, shortly after he was released from prison for drug supply. So, a weird story there. Not popular people. No. A man is accused of shooting another man because he threw part of a banana at his truck during a road rage incident. He threw a banana at me. Robert Lewis. Didn't we just hear from you a little while ago? <laughs> you threw a pizza. Yeah, I know. I know. I got problems. Robert Lewis and Peter Salad Jr. allegedly got into an argument while driving down U.S. Highway 19, detectives said. Following you better the, not be thinking about throwing that at me. Flowing, uh, following the argument, Salad Jr. reportedly drove past Lewis threw a banana at the side of Lewis's truck. What the hell? Lewis was sitting in his truck and was allegedly armed with a handgun, so he shot at Salsa Jr., or Sala Jr., and police uh, said the bullet shattered the right front passenger window. Salas suffered a small, non-life-threatening laceration to his leg from a piece of glass fragment that struck him. Ah, uh, just a banana. Lewis was arrested and is facing charges for shooting a deadly missile into an occupied vehicle and criminal mischief. He is booked into the county jail for $12,000 bond. Yeah, do you have any lawyers that deal exclusively with food? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need them. You're going to need them, sir. Specifically pizza and bananas. <laughs> Uh, a woman named Angela Holloway, I love this story, says that she's been doing the grocery shopping for her mom and stepdad during the pandemic and that she usually separates her pet food from the rest of the groceries. Oh, but oh, Holloway recently got confused when her mom told her they had eaten, <gasps> quote, 
Oh, no. A really lovely dinner of absolutely gorgeous pate and baked bread. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it turns out the couple originally from the U.K. are currently living in France, and no one had noticed that they were actually eating cat food on baked uh. bread. They had apparently struggled with the French labeling on the package and overlooked the photo of the cat on the can. <laughs> Holloway says that she burst into laughter when they showed her the empty can of cat food. Luckily, nobody got sick from consuming the pet food, but that's hilarious. Lovely pate. I could see, though, they had sometimes said. in the way it's packaged. Yep. All right, and then uh, one last story. We'll wrap up with this. A Sioux City, Iowa man is in custody and charged with arson after allegedly setting his neighbor's house on fire because they didn't mow his lawn. <laughs> because they didn't mow his lawn? No, they, well, no because oh. they didn't mow their own lawn. Oh, all right, so, all right. 53-year-old Lee Bowman was arrested and charged with arson on Sunday just before 6 p.m. Police received a report of a fire. The corner of the home was burning. Uh, it caused an estimated $3,000 in damage. Uh, a fire investigation revealed this to be arson with sticks and plywood propped up against the house along with a fuel accelerant used. The victims were in the house at the time of the fire and a neighbor noticed a fire and banged on the door. Court documents reveal that Bowman lives next door to the victim's house. He was upset because he asked the victims to mow his lawn the day before. Oh, I guess maybe it was, yeah. Mow his to lawn. Mow his lawn. Wow. He asked the victims to mow his lawn. Would it kill you to mow my lawn? The, the day before, and they hadn't mowed. He came to the victim's house on Sunday, which was captured on video. Bowman was asking when they were going to mow it, and he tried to take the registration sticker off of one of the vehicles. I got to burn this down. Documents can uh, continue to say that Bowman admitted to making a mistake and said gasoline was used along with it coming from a lawnmower. Uh, he's currently in the county jail. I wasn't in my right mind. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. Um, hey, we got our coolest teacher. Yay! Excited to talk to our next teacher. Uh, she is a social studies teacher at Little Flower Catholic High School. Please welcome uh, Mrs. Maria Murray to our show. Good morning. Hi, Mrs. Murray. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you guys? We're doing great. And a congratulations to you. You've won the award from your students of Coolest Teacher. What do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. I'm honored. I'm a little embarrassed. But, um, <laughs> I'm just... I'm just floored. It's awesome. Nice. They're the best. So, yeah. How long have you been teaching at uh, Little Flower? Um, I've been teaching there for the last eleven years. I've, I've been teaching sixteen years total, but my last year, eleven years, have been at Little Flower. So well, you obviously made great. an impact, yeah, because you got uh, you got the vote. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. And it's, social it's studies. Crazy. Social studies is is a class. When I was a kid. I hated it, okay? Yeah. I, well, I look back at it now, though, and go, man, I wish I would have paid attention. Now I care now you about, love it. Yeah. you know, the, the history of cultures and things like that are very Absolutely. intriguing to me. Right. But at the time, I didn't really care for it. It wasn't because I had a poor teacher. It was just because I wasn't into it. But yeah. um, do, you, uh, do, you, do you find fun ways to make the information stick with kids? I do. I mean, I try my best. I think... It's most important. I, I try to be passionate about what I teach, so I think that translates to the kids, and they see how much I love it. I've I've been lucky enough to travel to a lot of the places that I teach about. Yeah, so I try to give them my experiences, and I think that um, you know, in, in hopes that they'll get to travel the world one day as well. That makes and, a uh, difference. Yeah, I I, I, yeah. I loved uh, history, social studies, and science, and you know, the and English, and you know, uh, but. Uh, 
uh, a lot of that fed off teachers that were initially excited about conveying that information to me at an early age. So that's where it happens. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Yes. And I have to say, um, you guys have made my morning commute so enjoyable. I'm not exactly a morning person. <laughs> and since the day I started teaching 16 years ago, it turned me on to your show because I had a long commute. Oh. And, uh, and I just, uh, I've loved the mornings ever since. So you guys kind of set the tone for me to maybe uh, be a good teacher. So in a way, we're educators as well. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, Maria, did you grow up in the area? I did. I'm from born and raised in Northeast Philly. Um, and, uh, I also went to, I went to another all girls Catholic high school. And, um, so it's fun to be back. It's kind of fun cause it's a little bit of a rival school. So we have fun with that with my students, but I love my students to death and they know that. So but it, um, that sounds, so it, it's a lot of fun. It sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Well, they voted for you, Maria, and we therefore have prizes to give to you. We're going to give you the official president, Steve Cool's teacher of the year coffee mug. <laughs> A pair of MMRBQ tickets, and you will sit in the coolest teacher section. Awesome. We'll give you a coolest teacher T-shirt if you want to wear that show and meet all the other cool teachers. And we'll give you a twenty-five dollar gift card to Acme Markets as well. Sounds great. Thank you. Can I can I do a quick shout out? Uh, we'd love it. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Tomorrow is my daughter's seventh birthday, and I promised her that um I would say happy birthday to, uh, to her on the air. And then my five year old daughter was like, "What about me?" So. <laughs> Ella, Ava, I love you. Mickey, well, I love you too. What were their and names also, again? Say, say the names uh, again. Ava, Ava's birthday is tomorrow. Okay. And then Ella. Ella. Hello. Okay. And, and Mickey is my three-year-old. So Aww. there you go. Aww. Nice. And one more, I have to say, one of my students said, "I'll vote for you, but you have to say my name on the air." <laughs> so here we go. Right. Amira, this one goes out to you. Thanks um, for voting me coolest teacher. Amira, love you. I love all excellent. Congratulations, Maria. Enjoy another cool Thank teacher. You. you bet. All right. That's awesome. Uh, the other school that was chosen randomly is Downingtown West High School. So you guys can vote now. Just text the word teacher to 39333. We'll send you the voting link. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Coming up a little later on, uh, Buzzy Cohen, who is hosting Jeopardy this week, we'll have on the program. Stay put. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hello, WMMR listeners. This is Randy at Results Body Work, and I am ready to rock and roll your body's aches, pains, sprains, and strains away at my new Results Body Work Institute in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Check out ResultsBodyWork.com or at Results Body Work on social media. Get your body back to work and play. Don't delay. Start today at Results Body Work. Next message. Hey, it's Josh from Creative Autos Down, located in beautiful Langhorn. We've been servicing Bucks County for over 40 years. We are the place to go for all your car audio, remote start, heated seat, and Bluetooth needs. 267-569-1104. Check us out on Facebook and other social media. Thank you. MMR Rock. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. So with uh, business relationships, yes. um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of working relationships, there's, there's um, communication done via email, and you have to get proper meaning across when you're just 
sending the written word. So you want to convey your message in the proper way, proper tone. Yeah. So everything when 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 you have everything. to when you have to communicate this way, <laughs> uh, sometimes employee frustration and miscommunication is at an all time high. So I saw this article uh, that touches on the tone and misinterpretations of emails and so on in the business. Uh, you know, in the, in the business realm. This is a critical thing, by the way, because, yeah. I mean, you people still at this point in time, and if we haven't had enough of, uh, you know, a, a, a series of lessons from social media, that just because you wrote it with a particular intention doesn't mean it's going to be received yeah. that way. The same holds very true in your workplace yeah. atmosphere. Because digital communication, it says in this article, you don't get to see each other's immediate reactions, right. facial reactions, and so sometimes you can't tell what's being conveyed. So uh, sometimes, you know, it, it. we look for polite ways to express irritation, but it isn't always interpreted that way. So this has the five most common phrases that employees use to actually make them passive aggressive and petty. And I'll cover those in a second here. Uh, no, I was just going to say, sometimes I get annoyed at emails. Uh, and I know that I, I probably do it myself too, but like you get like a quick email from somebody where it's like three words or five yeah, yeah. words or like less than a sentence. And I'm like, Really? But who knows? It seems curt, right? It seems short and uh, and like like they're annoyed to be responding to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annoyed to be. Right, exactly. But Mm -hmm. then, like, I've actually caught myself doing it where I'm quick, you know, sending a quick email. I want to get back to the person, Mm -hmm. but I don't have time to, you know, write a big, long paragraph. And then I'm like, I just did the same thing. So maybe that person wasn't annoyed at me. They were probably in a rush, too. It happens, yes. But we tell ourselves stories. Uh, So here are the, the passive aggressive phrases, and you guys will know these. You'll definitely know these. So. Uh, the first one is per my last email. Right. <laughs> what it actually means is you didn't really what I wrote, so pay attention yeah, yeah, this yeah. time. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Per my last email means, hey, idiot, I already said this, and you you missed it along the way. So I won't do per my last email. If if it's already been stated in an email, I just forward that email to their question. Like if they ask the same question, wow. like what right. time is it, I just forward the email. So you'll oh, okay. just, yeah. that, that's an even more direct way there of you saying, go. I already showed you. I already Here said it. Here it is. Yeah. Pud. <laughs> Pud. Uh, number two of the passive-aggressive uh, phrases, for future reference, which actually means, let me correct your blatant mistake that you already <laughs> knew was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, these, like that, about 80% of the time is the intended thing, and then sometimes it can be more benign, like as per our... Last um, correspondence, we're proceeding, you know, with another was a last discussion, but the majority of times, exactly what you're saying, Preston, is mm-hmm. the intent of yes. using these phrases for future reference. Yeah. So you you already you already did this, and yeah. you know it was wrong. So let's cover this again for future reference. Don't uh, smash your uh, ice cream covered ass up against a window. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Uh, that yeah. Yours do truly, Philadelphia Insurance. Right. Uh, all right. The third one is bumping this to the top of your inbox. Which means uh, you're my boss or employee. This is the third time I've asked you. I need you to get this S done. That's when you respond, Kathy, with a smaller, again, bumping it back down. (laughs) That one I don't have a problem with because I think we've all run into the issue where something ends up. You know, especially with text messages, you know, if you don't respond right away, then it just ends up out of your line of sight. And so out of sight, out of mind type of deal. So if it's important to one other person, hey, man, by the way, I just want to bump this up to to, uh, your line line of sight. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. And and to me, I'll do that. I'll say things like, listen, we get bombarded with so much stuff. Don't worry. You can you can 
send it to me again and remind me. And and, and I, I give them carte blanche to sort of bombard me a little bit as a favor to me to keep it in front of my eyes. You actively say that, too. Yes. Steve. Like yeah. you'll, you'll voice that to right, me. Right, right, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll send it to him again. Because occasionally I'm like, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to bombard nope, you. you know? no, never a problem. But you're actually writing out, bumping this up in your inbox? Yeah. I've never seen yes. it, but I I've understand I've seen people it. write that. In other words, um, bumping... I, like, I would send an email of, that just said, hey, just checking in. Tend to this now, pud. No, no, just checking in on this, <laughs> any update or something like that. I wouldn't say bumping this to the top of your inbox. Let's bump uglies. <laughs> Dear so, well, you pud. Know yeah. I Dear that. pud. No, but there's a lot. Dear pud, let's bump uglies so maybe you'll answer my goddamn email. There's a lot of office <laughs> jargon that I understand. I don't necessarily use it. I don't say, all right, we'll, you know, we'll talk, talk about this offline or... You know, I don't Third know. Third leg of the stool. <laughs> Third leg of the stool. Well, I, w- I would have loved to Dear go, Pug. <laughs> go through his emails and what they mean. Uh, Bill Bill's actually very good at writing emails. He crafts yeah. very uh, real good done emails. <laughs> uh, very, they're very well put together. Do you they're, know something they're different, about though. If yeah. I may suggest, and honestly, I've been using it for years now, and I, I, I compose... Uh, uh, you know, good letters, and and uh, I, you know, I'm I'm a pretty decent writer, but Grammarly, Grammarly is a wonderful addition for anybody who's doing any kind of writing, and it'll tell you as you if you've written a letter, it'll say the tone of this is informal, but, uh, informal but um, um, stern or whatever. It'll it'll give you a read on it. Well, that's, I'm gonna check that out. Is yes. it an app? Yes, it's an app. And it, Grammarly. It, 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 Grammarly. And it, pressed it, it floats. You can imp, imp, pull it into your text, your tweets, your letters. It will do um, – It'll. It'll. Um, if there's an extra space between a couple of words, it'll, it'll say, do you want these extra spaces? And it just sort of does it in a non-intrusive way. But the thing that it does that's very cool is it'll it'll look for the tone of what you've written just to give you second thought wow. to say, is this how you want to come across? Marissa? Yeah, I like that, Steve. I have to look up Grammarly, too. Word has gotten better about that. But um, can I just – one peeve, which I, I don't understand where this started, but it, I feel like it's caught on more. People are sending emails and they're writing the entire email in the subject line. Uh, I haven't seen <laughs> that. Do you see that? No. I've seen it a little bit. A um, huh. little bit. It's uh, happening. But the whole you, email? Well, they'll write, they'll write like, a lot. They'll write too much. And yeah. then you can't actually read it because it's in the subject line, which only lets you get so many characters. <laughs> yeah. So you can't actually see what they wrote until you hit, like, reply and then scroll down and then see their email subject line in the body of your email. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Yeah. Please stop doing that. I, I Everybody at Beasley. That. There's okay. a few too many people here. Do it. By the way, I, I just hate, I hate our email <laughs> system, period. It's horrible. When, when, horrible. When there are, horrible. When there are multiple responses... I get so confused I know. on which one I need to click. The, the yeah. way that it's displayed is horribly confusing. Here is the thing, Preston. To that exact point, and Apple started to incorporate it in, in their in their mail app, which sucks. Uh, do not do that because people say I responded to that. Well, if you get any kind of level of email, that email is now way down on your list of of, of in your inbox. And so what happens is that response goes down to an email you've already already been dealing with. Yeah. Just present it to me as a brand new email yeah. every every time. I'm not a fan of the, say the F word. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the uh, red receipt uh, coming across it, over. An email. Yeah, that sucks too. Do you know that one, Preston? Oh, like like that they so they know that you've read it. Yes. Yeah, I but, but we get the option. It says I sent. I don't send it. I don't either. Yeah, I, none I, of your goddamn business yeah. when I read that email you sent me. <laughs> I, it's none possible I read business. it or possible I didn't. Mm-hmm. Pud. Pud. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hang on, Stacy's got a suggestion. Hi, Stacy. Good morning. Oh, hold on, hold on. Caller here. All right. Oh. Sorry, I didn't catch the beginning of that, Stacy. You're on the air now. Go ahead. Oh, thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I I have to communicate uh, still a lot with email um, to three agencies I work for. Um, and and the biggest pet peeve of mine is when uh, they communicate and use the word but, B-U-T, and then a comma. Um, I I always say to use however. Um, I don't know. I just refrain from using the word but. Um, okay. And use however or yeah. unfortunately, you know. Um, but is just another one. No, of mine. you 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 bring up a good point, Stacey. And these are the little things again. I am not a paid endorser of Grammarly, but uh, but it but it uh, again it will give you that option. You use this word a lot. Perhaps you might no want. Kidding. It. Yes, it okay. does that. And those little things. So my wife, who's worked in promotions for many years and has written all sorts of releases and things like that for her own charity for Max Fund, when she's composing letters, she's doing so many of them. She said, you know, you start to blur them. Does this make sense? Am I doing this? And she is now a main proponent of this program as well. Okay. Yeah, because if you use, you know, any of those, if you use however too often, that's yeah. going to really stand out more right. so than but. So. All right. And then the last uh, one of these common phrases and what it actually means is going forward. And what that means is don't ever do that again. Yeah. Oh. Going forward, we want to refrain from, you know, yeah, uh, okay. going in a different take, direction. Well, I take that as uh, it's over now. Whatever yes. happened, it's over it's now. It's in the past. Under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree, Kathy. That's what it means to me as well. We yeah. Okay, we, we covered that. We've addressed it. Let's forget it. Going and forward. Let's move on here. New day. Clean nope, slate. Clean. 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 Clean slate. Even the puds. <laughs> <laughs> Even the puds know that. All right, so here are some examples of the right way to express what you mean, okay? Uh, So uh, four things that successful communicators do. It says, uh, don't respond to messages or emails when you're angry or frustrated. That's a, that's the smartest move ever, to, yep. to, honestly. Mm-hmm. Or if you, if you want to, uh, what I'll do uh, a lot of times, I'll, I'll write something just to get out of my system. I'll write it in text edit, and then I'll delete it. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I yeah. did that two weeks ago. I wrote the whole thing out, and yeah. I, I had the uh, thing that I wanted to attach, and I, man, I, my my finger hovered over the send <laughs> button, and then I, I thought better of it, yeah. and I never never sent it. Write it in a Word app first. Uh, well, look at it. Sit, I know. That's good advice. Yeah, don't say because you might make the mistake of sending something by hitting the send button right. in the actual mail but program. I, just, I saved it to drafts. It's yeah, still yeah. in drafts. I should just delete <laughs> And eliminated yeah, entirely. I've done that. I've written something out completely and then just bailed on it. Yeah. You know, it's it was, probably why. Yep. I'm glad I did that. Uh, number two says, assume good intent. It says, instead of calling someone out for screwing up, step into their shoes and ask yourself, what are some reasons why they might have made this mistake? It's better uh, to people exactly uh, what they need to take action. It's better to people or whatever. That's written poorly. It is. <laughs> Sometimes just adding a quick brief so that they don't have to go back and read through previous emails and writing, here's what I need from you, or here are the open dates again, is helpful, it says. All right, whatever. I'll provi- I will always provide the information again. Uh, like Kathy says, either you include the email in question or the information, just again. Uh, and uh, I, I try, one thing that just happens, and I, I, I feel bad about it, when people write, Novels, I I, can't, I won't read them. I, no. I just it's yeah. too no. Be concise. 
Yeah. Um, get to the Agreed. point. You know, if by, you ever if you're want, moving into a third paragraph, I'm like, why are we here? If you ever want any of us to respond to yeah, an email, yeah. keep it short. And yep, it's not yeah. because we we just get a ton, and we love to. And a lot of times, if you include a phone number, I'm playing massive catch up now because I just had a whole onslaught, <laughs> and a lot of pet stuff too comes my way. Yeah. Of uh, you know, getting cats out of trees and stuff like that, and so I'm, I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to juggle. It. Again, everyone has this. It's not, this is not a woe is me or woe is us sort of thing. Right. But in general try to be as concise as you can you're more yeah. likely to get a response i get frustrated because um you know here we are decades later after i started you know my first typing class and yeah. i have not gotten any better at typing <laughs> and so like i suck too case and and it is really 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 frustrating when you're trying to you know give somebody a thoughtful mindful response and and it takes forever i mean and and it's only like i don't know five sentences long and it takes you for freaking ever like i get get mad in a way if it forces you to think and rethink the sentence and rethink that that could be a self-editing step as well Uh, does it work that way for Uh, you no it doesn't my fat fingers just piss me off here's a here's a suggestion from a listener i like this it says stop apologizing emails in in emails and messages instead of saying sorry for the delay which I use all the time. Yeah, I, I do too. Instead, say thanks for your patience. Yeah, right. I, I default to the apology quite frequently, and I've learned yeah. not to because okay. it's a it's a different dynamic when you do that. I, I, I did it with my dad yesterday, and there was something where I was like, you know what? I, I'm not sorry, and uh, I shouldn't have to. I'm apologize. glad. I'm glad for what I done. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that. Thanks for your patience. So. Look for that soon from me. It occurs to me that I might have been the pun. <laughs> I'll still say sorry because I don't necessarily know if you're patient or not, but I, <laughs> I am sorry. Right. I, I'm, I'm a slacker. Uh, so number three on this list is show empathy and encouragement. Replace yeah. imperative words like do this with conditional phrases like could you do this? Or do this? Or do this? this? Question um, mark. Uh, begin your message by expressing appreciation using words like thank you for whatever or excellent job on the blank. Yeah. So, Or words they wouldn't understand like Dorton. Dorton. That's one of my words. Yeah. All right. And then uh, avoid digital ghosting. And if you need to get back to someone, here's a quick guide to remember. If you can answer in 60 seconds or less, respond immediately. Yes. If it's urgent, respond immediately or let the sender know that you're working on it. Make an appointment with yourself on your calendar if you need to. If it's a matter lacking urgency, don't stress. Block out time to follow up after your uh, convenience. I would be I would I'd be guilty of this because um and take this for what it's worth. If you send me something that's quick to respond to, I will respond to it. If it takes a while, to get back to you, it's because I really want to take time in getting back to you, and I always fall into the same trap. Is that the people that I want to call back, the people that I'm, I want to spend wait, some time with, wait the longest? Wait the longest. <laughs> yeah, my two email speed responses are um, right away, or yeah. I'm never going to get to it. Yeah, you know, and and if if I don't get to it right away, and I'm I'm probably a little OCD about it. It's I, true. I. It just falls down the list, and I never am able to respond, or I never get around to responding. Here's a, te- here's a text. I'm sorry, Casey. It says, I have this coworker. No, wait. Yeah, I have this coworker that uses speak to text for their email. When I read it, I cringe because the grammar is horrendous when they speak, and they don't proofread their email. They just send it. Yeah. My sister does that with text. She just, like, rattles off. She doesn't put the punctuation in or anything like that. And I'm like, I mean, I know it's her. It's no big deal. It doesn't make me angry. But if it's someone that you don't know that's doing that, then they just look stupid. Just got a tweet from the friend of the show, Amanda Mannix, and she says she uses Grammarly all the time and for work, and it saves a ton of time. Mm. So, again, if you're having issues like that, I can't recommend it enough, and now I demand they pay me. 
All right, and uh, it says if you're the one waiting for a response, unless it's critical that you get a reply ASAP, remember that people may have a lot on their plates. If you follow up twice and don't get a reply, switch to a different medium, like maybe a phone call yeah. or something like that. Or write them a song. That yeah. would be a real treat, wouldn't it? On the flutophone. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, no, those are all things, and we all we all sort of stumble. It, it it amazes me. Who who do you go to as your proofreader person? Do you have a, someone that you'll run something by? If, is it Rochelle? Is it... no? If if we're here, yeah. I default to Nick, right? Uh, because he's a grammar Nazi, yeah, and uh, he knows uh, he, he knows how to spell stuff very, right. very well, and so on. So I I will go to him, and I, you will as well, Casey. Do you think gooder of this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got that from my mom. She's an English yeah. teacher, and, uh, you know, she she beat it into me. Yeah. She was then, physically violent. And then here's a text that says... <laughs> Eat the goddamn raisins. <laughs> uh, this text says, don't reply, at all, don't reply all when you only need to reply to one or two people. Please, for the love of God. Absolutely. Oh, I rarely reply all. Yeah, me either. We rarely reply. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of people are texting in about reply and reply all as well. So, but you, you, to another point that's very, again, just the structure of the email programs as they try to streamline and adapt, and always they're always futzing with things, and they always make it far more compli- complicated, right? Yeah, like the new mail program for for Mac. They, hey, this would be better if the buttons were smaller. No! Hey, Marissa, what's up? One simple request. When uh, we get a listener email and it goes to all six of us, can we all reply all instead of replying individually? No. And then we all reply individually? Why? It's a, it would save a minute. Okay. <laughs> Be nice to your coworkers, I just right? assume that one of you guys are going to reply. Yeah, me too. That's <laughs> like, yeah, somebody else will get this. Right, so we agree that if there is no reply all, that nobody replies. Correct. Or, or okay. no, I, I, actually, no, if, if you're going to... Send an email to the entire show. Preston and I are on the same page yeah. here. If you're going to send an email to the entire show, can we all see that it has been sent to the entire show? Don't send it to the entire show individually. Right. That would help. That, then, I mean, it really does help. let Preston get it. Yeah. Wait, what now? Because sometimes, like, somebody will send an email to the entire show, but they'll do it individually. They won't put, like, all the email addresses in the, in the send right. to file. They'll... They'll send it like individually, oh, but everybody several, will still right. get the same email several different times. And it's just better to know that yeah. it has been sent to everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, so, we don't, so, so we don't have, have to, to respond. respond. Exactly. <laughs> so that when somebody says, did you respond to that? We can all say no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Melissa. All right. Uh, anyhow, some tips for you uh, on uh, office uh, and email etiquette communication digitally. We're going to take a break because we have a guest who's coming up in a little bit. And uh, he's one of the greats from uh, Jeopardy and is hosting Jeopardy this week. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Buzzy Cohen. If you don't know yet, we'll get back and uh, they're doing the tournament champion. So we'll spend some time with him and getting some other stuff, too. We'll be back in a moment. Stay put. New Hebrew group featuring Nikki Six. Hear their new track, I've Been Every. Also new, check out Slash and their previously unheard collaboration and the 880s metal one should own. Get four tickets. Go to the cons for your chance to win tickets to September 10th at the Sky La Man. Our next guest is one of the more colorful characters through the years of uh, contestants on Jeopardy. So much so, not only a Tournament of Champions winner, uh, but they loved his personality so much, brought him into host. He's been hosting this week the Tournament of Champions. He's been doing a great job. 2021. Buzzy Cohen is here. Hey! 
Buzzy, a good hey, morning thank to you. you sir. Uh, hey, I got to ask you, man, how how was it? I mean, you guys film these things in advance. Um, was it yeah. very, was it as surreal as you thought it might be being up there standing in, uh, Alex's place? Totally. It was, it was on, it was like dreaming in a dream, you know, <laughs> like it was so bizarre, but also so wonderful. It's always great to be back on that stage. I'm such, I'm a fan first, you know, so anytime I get to be a part of the show, I'm absolutely stoked. But I, even on the first tape day, we tape five shows in a day. So yeah. the first week of shows we did in one day. Wow. On the lunch break of the first week, I just went out and like walked out on set just to like drink it in and like, you know, have a moment by myself. Cause you never get that, you know, you're always like when you're a contestant, you're always like in the green room, you're being shuttled off. And so I really tried to take advantage of, of that. And it was, you know, I was in Alex's green room. It was, oh, it that's was so wild. I was really connecting with him. It was it was amazing. Well, I have to say, first off, you've been doing a, a great job. I love to see Thank people you. who excel and you know, Ken had has, has done it. You guys are are you know, goat status and Ken the goat goat at this point, but but yeah. uh, still you guys have I think a singular credibility when it comes to being up there and doing this. And the show is just so a uh, you know, it, it, you can tell you are a fan. And if you were yeah. nervous, that didn't come through. Uh, what I do love is the knowledge. And you always sense this with Alex, that um, there is a, a wealth of knowledge behind the, the, the clue giver who can sort of accentuate a little bit of information that's being, you know, imparted throughout the show as you're doing it. Did you have that moment, though, in, in that where you're so overwhelmed where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually running this thing? <laughs> like, you you know, did you lapse into contestant well, mode for a nanosecond or observer mode? Well, I, you know, I spent about four weeks getting prepared for this. Okay. And I had to totally I, I watched a lot of Alex and I had to totally change the way that I was watching the show to switch. So by the time we got there to the actual tape day, I had like my mentality had totally shift, right. shifted. But one thing that I think it really helped me with is that being a contestant, I kind of understand the way you listen to the clues and hear the clues. Yes. And so it, it helped me kind of understand where to kind of put a little more emphasis because, you know, like Alex, like I want the contestants to get the questions. I'm not here trying to like trick them. Well, so, you, you know, you, you it, there's a perfect example of that. And you, you make a good point. Last night there was a clue. Uh, where this spotted uh, dance, uh, and it yeah. was polka. And, and I would not have known it other than the clue of spotted. I thought, oh, polka right. dots. Yeah. And, and so, but that's that's the genius of the show. And then you asked it. Totally. I think you, 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 you laid it in there. I got yeah. it. They didn't get it, but I got it. And that's <laughs> what Alex did so brilliantly. Yeah, I think that what I, you know, his North, he is my North star. And what he always did was like, he was on the side of the contestants and the show, like the yeah. integrity of the show. And so that's whenever I have a, had a question about how to approach something, it was like, how do I keep the integrity of the show strong, as strong as possible. And also make this enjoyable for the contestants. My tournament of champions was so fun. Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure that they were having a good time for me. That was making sure that, the taping and everything went as smoothly as possible. And so I really wanted to, I really just wanted to do a great job, not just for myself 
but also for for them and also for the fans. I wanted them to have a great tournament of champions. This is like a highlight of the year. Buzzy, was there anything that that you discovered that you you didn't realize it was one of Alex's responsibilities as host? Maybe that's kind of not even really even seen. It's just you have to be in that place to go. Oh yeah, he does this as well. Well, he the thing that you realize when you start because when you're getting ready as a contestant, you're sort of ignoring his reads in a way you're reading the clues faster than him to try Mm. to figure out if you know it. And then just listening for him to finish. What I realized is every single clue that he is reading, he approaches like its own thing. He doesn't have like a Alex clue read. Every single clue is his own story. I don't know where that's going. It's not, it's not a marathon. It's 61 sprints. Each clue, like, he gave its own life and that to be able to do that and not just kind of like zone out and get into like, okay, here's my clue read rhythm is incredible. (laughs) And I think the other thing he did so well was he could pepper in little bits of color, like um, just for fun, like teasing that, Oh, you're out of the hole, blah, blah, blah. Doing that when you're in the moment and trying to track what clues happening, all that is not easy. And, you know, I, I, I think what was amazing is how effortless he made he did. the entire thing. Preston, Preston and I, and we've all discussed those little things like when the – good, like encouraging somebody. That's right. Totally. It, those, those little things which seem like, oh, what, what, what that the, he's just simply conversing? That everyone can do that. No, no, no. To sort of finesse it in there and keep momentum because think yes. about it. Without that, you'd have these glacial pauses – that you know right. that that would really would really resonate, but but that forward momentum and you're doing it well. You're doing a good job. Thank you. And and uh, so yeah, I mean, but it's it's that's why the show yeah. is is the creme de la creme of game shows. I I agree. And and the other like little things like that I had to learn at the beginning, which was like saying yes, correct, right, good, not always just saying yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. which, by the way, when the first time I did it, I just like you know when I did a practice game on my own it was yes 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 because we don't think about changing it up but as a viewer it gets so boring right. when you when I, you hear so it, so little things like that that he just because he'd been doing it for almost 40 years it was just so second nature yeah, as a radio what, show host that's one of the things that i do so i'm glad <laughs> other people are finally picking up on that so yeah yeah uh buzzy uh, th- this is nick i'm a huge fan and, and uh hey, thanks for uh, responding to me over instagram and, and agreeing to come over the show it was really cool and um i've been watching like steve and everybody here uh, you know every bit of the tournament this uh, over the last couple of weeks I-, I wanted to ask you about um polarizing contestants because uh ryan was on last night and there was a lot of response yeah. to him that was um it was negative and he listen he made it to the tournament of champions. He's a really good contestant. He's he's really smart. smart. Yeah. But he was um he was kind of uh, off putting. And so I I saw on social media and I contributed to it. Uh, you know that there was some pushback against the guy. But you as a host, obviously, you have to remain neutral. Is it is it hard for you to um to incorporate that into your job while you're actively hosting it? You know. It, I, uh, I mean, right? Ryan was. If you hadn't seen it last, he basically was a bad sport. He, he was. He was. He was. He was kind well, of. You know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna he read as a bad Ryan's, sport. Yeah. I'm going to come to Ryan's defense here. Um, I've, you know, I've been through this, and I know people who have. Like everyone has a different approach to this, and I think Ryan, he was a great competitor. First of all, he's a great player. Yeah. You know, if you look at, you know, if you take out those daily doubles, he. He outplayed Veronica last night, right? If you, if you know, just straight clue, clue play. And I think that 
it's hard to be on how many of us have to be on camera for like a devastating moment like yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not like I think, you know, if we we if to compare um Jeopardy contestants to professional athletes is not quite fair because if you're a professional athlete, you've been through like the high school and college and you've been through this like this is the second time he's lost a game of Jeopardy ever. Okay. He played his heart out and it just wasn't enough. It's hard to have four cameras on you in that moment. And he he and the other contestants have a great camaraderie. I don't think it had anything to do with Veronica. I think it's hard to be processing that on camera. I think that he, you know, different people have different, like I had a very like happy-go-lucky, win-lose, whatever attitude. Not everybody's like that. And I don't think, um, we need to expect that from well, well I, I'm sorry, the dude I'm... made it to the tournament of champions yeah. semifinals and I'm sitting there on my couch you know and so <laughs> it's, it's you know, I, I have no place to judge I'm, I'm, a, I'm a viewer I'm not a contestant so um, yeah. you know I don't want to be harsh on the guy but it's just got to be you know you see people rooting for or against particular contestants and it just it makes it difficult for somebody like that I'm sure to, to have to go through yeah and I for me I was like to be honest when I saw the I think the moment, the feeling in the studio was, was I think a little different than what it came across at home when he, okay. you know, missed that daily double and then was like trying so hard to come back. I think everybody suddenly was like, Oh man, you got to feel for this guy. Well, like, and that, just- that, that to me read that even at that point, that, that read is, that read is passion. I got it. I'm like, damn yeah. it. I'm off my game. Or like, you know, we, I just happened to uh, a couple of days ago, we had, we were at a golf charity and I'm seeing people respond who are hitting bad shots. Like you, you see that same frustration. I, I got that yeah. at the end. You would like to think though. And again, you're right. It's, it's a unique circumstance. Everything's on the line and I get it. Cause I, I think he's normally a likable guy. It just seemed like um, there was, um, it was her moment you lost, and he's, yeah. he's, I think that's what a lot of people read and saw. I was like, wow, man, you, 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 not even an acknowledgement or something, and, and yeah, that's, what, that's think, what it is. You know, and, and also you have to remember there's editing, like, you know, those yeah, after, true. There, that, that after game chat is much longer than what you get on TV. So <laughs> I, I think I, I think everyone's got to give game show contestants. <laughs> I was on the show. Am I allowed to say that? We'll let it go. Arrogant ass. Um, yeah. But so, no, no, but you, you were... But you, I was just having fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that there's, it's very easy for us to, like, project a lot of stuff. The other thing to remember, too, is, like, this is very different. Um, the experience of taping, because of COVID, the studio is, is very empty. It's just, like, other players and a yeah. couple of producers mm. in the audience. So I think the i you know like you're less self-conscious right about how you are presenting yourself right when you're up there uh buzzy so, i wanted to ask uh from a uh contestant's perspective and one who especially yeah. gets on a roll like you and wins multiple uh multiple nights when because you don't know what the categories are going to be how do you bone up how do you prepare for that do you do you dive into yeah. do you research the things that you're weakest at um or 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 do you take the the history of 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 categories and what likely might be on there, like you know, I don't know. Any, uh, Shakespeare is my Achilles yeah. heel; it's terrible. So, w- if I were to head into the show, would it be a good idea to bone up on my Shakespeare? Yes, it okay. would. Um, Shakespeare, Rivers, Capitals, uh, classical music. But the thing to remember is, um, I actually wrote uh, an audio book called "Get Ready," available on Audible. Sorry for the plug. No, absolutely. Uh, that is about mm. kind of how I got ready for the show, um, and what you realize is that Jeopardy has um, 
certain subjects it likes to cover. And it is a, a piece of mass market entertainment. So they're not going to pick something completely obscure, right? So there's sort of a level, a depth of information that they're going to go for. Um, and so for, for me on that stuff, I really looked at what the, not just what the show has asked before, but the types of things that they've asked before. Um, so for instance, like if there's Pulitzer Prize winners, you don't have to know every book ever published, but there's notable books to know. Yes, right? no, um, that's absolutely, that's absolutely and, true. And with, with Shakespeare, you don't need to know every single plot point, but it would be good to be able to connect either a place or the main characters to the show because every Shakespeare clue is going to have a character's name in it. Mm. So if you know that mm. Cordelia is King Lear, <laughs> that's all you need to know. You know what I mean? You don't need to know the, you don't need to read King Lear. And so there's all these um, different pieces of information um, in the Jeopardy world, they call them Pavlovs, right? So like if the year is 1927, we're talking about Lindbergh or the Yankees. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. It's like, um, no, but that's a skill set. Right. You, yeah. To know a little about a lot yeah. Is, yeah. is what, and it sort of works in radio as well. Like I say, I, 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 I can go about a minute and a half into any conversation and then tap out. But you guys are, are on another level. The, Preston, tell what you guys do on the, 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 the final Jeopardy question. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So and, and you might get a kick out of this, Nick Buzzy. And Casey this is a thing I, that they all do. Nick and Casey and I, uh, when the category comes up, and you know there's a commercial break right after that, we will text each other what we think the answer is, what we think the, the, the clue is without even hearing the answer. So yes. just on subject alone, uh, you know, if, if it will be, you know... Um, uh, American authors, right? Well, Nick yeah. got it the last time. Uh, the 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 last correct answer before the question was, yeah. "What was the category, Nick?" And what oh, was? Man, I'm blanking on it. I it okay, I said Roald Dahl, uh, and you said it, it was like a children's literature or something like that. Yes. yes. Okay. And so, what, it's this is a game we play, yeah. and every now and then, well, you know, <laughs> you guys it. can. You can join in. There's a Twitter account that's just for that Jeopardy blind guesser. <laughs> oh, 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 that's great! But you know that it's speaks. Like, it speaks to what you were saying, though. To know what the go to is, we watch exactly. the show enough. Exactly. Like if you know, uh, if there, you know, John Updike comes up a lot. <laughs> Do people read a lot of John Updike? I don't <laughs> no. know, but John Updike comes up a lot. You know, right. um, so it, it's exactly that, and. Um, <laughs> Right. They're not going to ask some. They're not going to ask about some author that nobody's heard of because watching at home, you're completely lost. Yep. Even if you don't know it, even if you don't know that Eugene O'Neill wrote "Moon for the Misbegotten," <laughs> right. you hear Eugene O'Neill and you're like, "Ah, I should have known that." Wait, Buzz, I have one for you, Buzzy. I'll just uh, Chinese-born American architect. Uh, that would be. I am pay every yes, time. Yeah. Every time <laughs> if that ever every shows yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what. That's what when you're playing Jeopardy, you're not a lot of the clue information is sort of superfluous. Last yeah. night, there was a clue about during the Eid festival, um, you eat this thing with this food that has another name for its worm like appearance. All you need to know is worm like noodle and you know it's vermicelli. <laughs> yeah. That's Any it. Of the other information. There, right? That's why it makes it such a great game is that you, there, there are tactics that can be employed that are, it, it's not just happenstance. I mean, there's certainly right. there's a level of that, but, but there is a way to, to play the game and have different methodologies right. that, that can get you across the line. And then of course there's also luck. Tons yeah, of luck. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. And, and then that clue I just mentioned is, is a great example of, as a viewer, you might know Vermicelli, but then you learned all of this stuff about the Eid Festival and, and another quote. Like, 
there's you can learn like of course there's the game aspect but then there's all the the other information which may not help you get the answer it's like oh i I didn't realize that you know yeah yeah yeah, Um, when i do i I host trivia night at my kids school Uh, we brought it to the school it's quizzo night and i'm the one who comes up with the questions and i and i take a page out of out of jeopardy's notebook like i will ask a question where you know the, the the audience would be like how am I supposed to know the answer to this? And then you're supposed to ask yourself, how am I supposed to know the answer to this? The answer is right. in the question. Like, why yeah. would you think that any of us would even know this answer? Well, what's the question and how is it asked? You're right. Great, because great riddles are done that way. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, it. Exactly. If, if you watch like a straight up college bowl type of game mm-hmm. quiz, where they don't do that, you'll get right. slaughtered. Because totally. it's, it's as dry and unborder collie-ish, you know, in the way that right. you can be directed a little bit. It's just antiseptically, what is this? And you're, yeah. and I, I, find, I, I, I have to tap out, but I can do better at Jeopardy because of a little bit. Just a little bit of prodding will get you there. There's usually like three clues in each clue. And I think I, you know, I got a chance to finally meet the writers. As a contestant, you're, mm-hmm. you have no contact with the writers. So as the host... I finally got to meet them and I was just like singing their praises because I (laughs) think the format of the show, having so many clues, like if there's a category about, you know, some pop artist or some subject you don't know, it's only a couple questions and there's a bunch of other stuff. That's one thing. But the writing of the clues is so masterful. And I was like, I'm not worthy because it's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's always a way, even if you don't know the information, to find, like, except for maybe the $2,000 clues, which sometimes get, you got to know it or you don't. It's true. 90% yeah. of the clues, you can figure it out. And that is as much fun as knowing something cold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. Buzzy, I wanted to ask you about another book. It's called uh, Answers in the Form of Questions. Uh, Claire McNear wrote it. I don't know if you had a chance to, to read it or, or even. Yeah. Be, yeah. And, and she goes into the production of, of the show and where the contestants stay and what they bring to the set and how many different pairs of clothes they have to wear and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, was, do you think that that was an accurate representation of what your time as a, a contestant on Jeopardy was like? Absolutely. Claire is fabulous. Like we joke that if, if uh, Jeopardy is Harry Potter, she's our like Rita Skeeta or whatever. Like, you know, like, the Daily uh, Quibbler or whatever. Yeah, yeah but I, you know, I, I don't know if she likes that, but I, I actually, you know, I, I I interviewed her. I actually invited her out to there's like a an ex Jeopardy um, trivia night here in L.A., which is like known as one of the hardest bar trivia nights in the country. So I made her come out and play to have that experience. She's she's incredible and she really knows her stuff. And she's a fan, and she like I, I think that's a great. I really recommend that book um, to people who are fans of the show because you you start to see all these different sides of the experience. Whether it's you know being a contestant, <laughs> sort of community afterwards, um, you know I I I I, I, thought, I think she did a great job of sort of giving everyone a taste of the experience, and not everyone's experience is the same. You know, some people have you know not a great experience when right. they come to because of whatever reason um but i think she did a, an, an amazing job that's uh, cool I love that book you know i knew about the uh the filming schedule and and five a day but what i didn't consider is say when you had your nine game run were you you were doing all those you had to have knocked out five in one day as a contestant as well correct yeah that's right yeah wow. so my first um game was a monday game so i did two consecutive tape days and i lost in the 10th game i lost on the last game of the second day and i think that's that's part of what you know once you're a contestant when you see someone go on a long streak the endurance of 
you know, just shot nerves coming in to do it again. I mean, it's not, you usually only tape two or three days a week. So it's not like you're doing five days of five shows a day. Right. But it's still just such an impressive feat of endurance and getting ready to host. I knew I needed to have endurance and bring the energy to the same energy to a Thursday or Friday game that I bring to a Monday game. Yeah. So for that month where I knew I was going to be guest hosting, I, um, I was doing a ton of training. I would do strength training in the <laughs> sure, morning. yeah. And then I would do like cardio two times throughout the day just huh. to make sure I could like, huh. you know, still ha- like summon the energy. To have the pheromones was, released. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I, I exactly. can absolutely see that to be, to be sharp. Um, I wanted to ask you just you um, in your, in your personal life, we know you, you know, you were in the music industry or may actively yeah. still be uh, went to school for communications uh, and uh, so music. I studied music. Music. Okay. So, so what? Uh, wh- what do you do? We we had a little bit of a, of a hint here and there. Yeah. But specifically, what what are you mostly involved with, Buzzy? I do I do music for commercials, actually. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I do. Um, uh, I find music for commercials, or I you know hire composers to write music for commercials. Do you yourself play or write or? Uh... Yeah, okay. I do. I, I mean, I don't really do anything for professionally, but for fun, I, I play and write a lot. Yeah. So, so for specific campaigns, you'll, you'll choose the, the music. Absolutely. So I'm sure everybody is going to like, uh, you know, give me a hard time for this, but like the Airbnb campaign that everyone thought was the immemorium films. You yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I did all those. So I did all the music for those. Very uh, nice. Very nice. Um, I do. Yeah. I mean, that can, so that can be very lucrative. Obviously, you 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 get a quicker hit from uh, from a win on uh, on Jeopardy. And correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. I don't know if this is true. We we have big discussions about nicknames on the show and how one earns yeah. a nickname. Were you appointed your nickname while still in um yes. in utero? Yeah, you were. Uh, you, yes. How yes, did that was. happen? Well, I you know I'm 36, and I think when I was in my mom's stomach we didn't have sexing of babies right yet it wasn't <laughs> quite as advanced as it is now right and so they didn't know if i was a boy or a girl and i have an older sister and she needed something to call the bump right because it was like oh i've got a there's a baby in there and my dad had gone to high school with a guy named buzzy and he thought it was a cool name to be honest i think the original nickname was bozo <laughs> And my mom was like, oh, we're not calling this baby Bozo. Um, you dodged a so bullet. We, we switched to Buzzy. They gave me my real name, Austin, after Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Cool. Uh, my sister's name is Lindsay, like Lindsay Wagner, the bionic oh, woman. So no way. Big, big fans of uh, Bionics. sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, the funny thing is, like, my great-grandmother, who was alive when I was born, my mom was like, all right, I'm going to let her decide because my dad kept calling me Buzzy. And my mom's like, there's no way she's going to let this kid be called Buzzy. And my <laughs> great-grandmother like spent some time with me and she goes, Austin's much too big a name for such a little person. I'm going to call him Buzzy. And so that's how I've been Buzzy for my whole life. It's done. There wow. you go. Nice. It works, though. Well, listen, you've done a yeah. great job. Uh, the hosting continues through to Friday and a tournament of champions. Uh, and, of course, you can see that at 7 o'clock on ABC here locally in Philadelphia. Buzzy, great great talking with you, man. Thanks, Thanks so much for, for coming me. on this morning. We appreciate go it. Go Birds. Trust yeah. the process. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Love it. He knows all. Take care, we'll see you later. Oh, my God. That's that great. Terrific. He's that actually great. from Jersey. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I, you know, if I had the confidence, that's the show I'd love to be on. I just don't have the confidence to be on something that wide ranging. You know, every now and then I'll get, 
you know, man, I can run like two categories and be like, feel like, oh, oh champ. And it happens. It happens a lot. I have to say, where I'll, I'll be on a thing, and then you are a crashing disaster yeah. <laughs> three minutes later. And uh, but I, I agree with you, Preston. I'm not good in the pressure situation. No, me either. Uh, and 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 I think of people when the, the most telling thing is during like a celebrity week when you have someone you think, okay, this actually is a celebrity who's who's smart or who's, who's learned who's got some you know some some chops here. And you see them just get cut up, mm-hmm. and you can see the frustration in their faces. Like I, I can't do that to myself, dude. We did classroom, you know, locally, <laughs> and and I, I choked. There were, and I'm not terrible at math, but yeah. there was one. I was like eight times twelve, and I'm like, I don't know, eighty eight. Like it, my brain. <laughs> Ceased to function. I must answer. Yes. Caracas. What? What? It was a math question. That's Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when when the camera's on you and when the pressure is on, it's it's really difficult. Yeah. When Game Show Network first came up, they they were, they had this promo, and I thought it was brilliant. And all it was, and you didn't know what it was for when the, when the promo started. And it just showed people in different scenarios, like, you know, a guy sitting on his couch at home uh, just going, Sputnik. And then somebody at work going, Sputnik. And they said, and then somebody else going, Sputnik. Somebody, a teacher at school going, Sputnik. They're looking, you know, right at the camera. And then they flash to a person who's standing at, like, a Jeopardy-type uh, podium. Uh-huh. And they just go, Skylab? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's the wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. I mean, it, it, you play at home, you yeah. know, and you're, and you're yeah, probably yell at the TV all that stuff. Yeah. It's so it's a, much fun. It's great like during a tournament of Champions Week though, like like with the um uh with the polka answer. I'm like, they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right there. It's polka right. dot. It's in the question. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh we have a couple minutes to spend and there were two baseball stories I wanted to mention. Uh one of them <laughs> happened to the Phils last night. Andrew Knapp. Yeah, man. What uh happened? catcher, he took he took a fastball. Foul, foul ball. Oh, foul ball. Yeah. So, oh, God. Yeah, so, so uh, one of the Marlins was up. And by the way, this Marlin, whose name is Jazz Chisholm, which is a, a fascinating name, fouled one off of his own ankle, and then later in the same at-bat, fouled one off of Knapp's boys. And uh, right he, in a nut square in right the in the, Oh, my balls. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God his name wasn't Chaz Chisholm. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chaz Chisholm just took one of the balls. Jizz Chasm. Oh, my balls. But he, uh, uh, wow. Nap, Nap was down for a good, good five minutes. It was, uh, it was brutal. And, and I was talking about this earlier, but it's one of those reactions where you see other players kind of laugh, yeah. and, and everybody knows what that feels like. It's all the, all the guys it's feel the now know what it feels like. But it's, um, it's a combination of like you kind of want to laugh a little bit, but you also feel terrible for the guy. And it took him a long time to get up and get going. Yeah, by he the was way, wearing a cup. Too, yeah, by by exactly. And it case, doesn't matter. That shows you that that uh, that shows you that it, it provides little help. Well. Uh, any help oh, is, is, is definitely wanted and, and necessary, especially in that sport. A uh, guy for the uh, Jazz last night got kicked in the nuts first minute of the game. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. A.D. Uh, what the hell is his name from uh, the Lakers? He jumped up for a jump shot, kicked his leg up, and kicked him straight in the nuts. And they don't wear oh, uh, cups in basketball. Ooh. No, they don't. No. They just, yeah. And he ended up getting a flagrant foul for it. Now, the dude shooting. Um and yep, boom. Oh kicked him. God. Wait. Anthony Davis kicked him in the Anthony balls. Davis kicked him in the balls. We just watched <laughs> yes. it. It looks kinda like he did it all. Yeah, it does. Well I don't think he did, but his his foot comes out. <laughs> It's a, fr- it's a front he kick. It's, it's a straight-up uh, martial arts front kick. Right it was there. the <laughs> longest first minute of a basketball game I have ever witnessed in my life. I just It just didn't end. <laughs> and then they had the Number day. 99 just got kicked in the balls. And the, the commentators, they can't even, like, they're yeah. like, 
they're they're that talking about it. Well, but they can't, right? They yeah. they can talk about it, yeah. but they really can't get you know graphic and talk about it the way the That's, way regular man, guys that will talk instep about got, it. That must have split the ball sack right down the middle. <laughs> well, uh, from what I'm seeing, the angle at that point, I'm I'm guessing at just below where the toes attach to the foot, probably nestled right in between each nut. <laughs> So, Casey, the same thing happened with McCarthy and Cruck last night on the Phillies broadcast because they, they're sitting there trying to describe what happened, doing what Steve was talking about, and, and like, they can't quite say, he got hit in the nuts right now, but everybody... I'm going to guess the toes kind of split the sack down the middle, and this big toe is probably scraping the beginning of where the taint starts a good ways towards his rectum. Well, the best part, Steve, is that afterwards, because the the refs had to go to Secaucus, New Jersey, get a ruling on whether or not it was a flagrant foul. Once they decided that it was indeed a flagrant one foul, the referee then had to go onto the microphone into the arena and announce that it was a flagrant foul for a kick to the groin. Wow. (laughs) Did you do you think it was intentional? Uh, Do you guys think so? I think it was accidental. No, no, it was so fast. It, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw Draymond Green do that either last year or the year before, and I thought that was intentional. Steve, did the announcers cover that, you know, his foot rubbed up against the shaft and, yeah. and kind of slid along the side there? If, yeah. And, and uh, then the way I see it, probably if there's, you know, on, on most genitalia, there's a long feeder vein. <laughs> I'm guessing that the second toe off the big toe, which we consider the largest, plumpest toe, probably ran alongside that, splitting the sack in the middle. For a point, I would imagine if he does possess a wrinkly sack that it tightened up a little bit. He probably felt that and probably has an extraordinary need to throw up right now. He's a he's wow. tall, so you gotta figure this yeah. he's got a big unit, would you say not? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He's a large man and he's got probably a huge elephant dong. Hmm. <laughs> Back to you, Marv. <laughs> We're just trying to fill time here. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to uh, welcome the uh the uh, uh Cub Scouts are in the uh <laughs> in the building. Yeah. <laughs> It's Junior Broadcasters Night here. Over this. <laughs> you kids know what I'm talking about. And uh, thank you to Sister Omega for bringing them in today. Um, so, yeah, so d- did he continue in the game? Nap? Yeah. Yeah, he was down for five minutes. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, similar thing happened in the NBA game. But, um, I think I have to imagine the blood <laughs> is pulling in his balls. He was down on his, on his hands and knees for several minutes. Uh, Joe Girardi, the manager, comes out, is kind of hovering over him. But, I mean, you guys all know, like, there's nothing you can do no. except wait. You just well, have to wait it out. And that's, so that's what Kruk was saying. That's what McCarthy was saying. You see some guys in the uh, in the Marlins dugouts kind of laughing a little bit. Reese Hoskins come over. You can't breathe. You can't yeah. do a you thing. You can't breathe. And so um, it, it just took a long time to get through that inning. Okay, let me ask you guys a question. Because when I played baseball, there was a guy on my team who took a shot to the nuts and he had, and I, maybe he had learned this in wrestling, and I don't know why they did this, uh, but so in order to, I guess, maybe combat the pain, the pain or what, I, I don't know why, uh, but what they, what he asked them to do, because he was a wrestler as well, is he, is he, no, <laughs> is he sat uh, on the ground, uh, legs straight out, huh. and then they had somebody stand behind him and lift him up right. and drop him on his tailbone like two or three times. Wow, that what? doesn't seem good. Uh, okay, no. awful. Oh, but well, it might I don't. Be. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Maybe they were. He maybe just got kicked in the nuts. The team doctor's coming over and he's stepping on his throat now to help. <laughs> he's kicking him hard in his temples. There was something weird we read the other day, Casey. It was about um, if you uh, <clears throat> like uh, swallow. 
you know, spit or something down the wrong tube. It goes and you start choking. Right, right. That, that you should put your hands up in the air. Yes, right. that I've heard. I, I, like I've, that? I've seen that done. Okay. Uh, like I don't know little... why dropping on your tailbone would, would d- d- diminish no. ball pain. No, but that's like a little kid thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the reason is, but yeah. if they're like, yeah, if they're like coughing or whatever, you put their hands, put in, hands air. in the air. Would like, little what, kid what things this? work in, a, in, a, in an NBA game? You know. want some ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to see if like... Why not offer him some ice cream? It doesn't do anything to my uh, my, my windpipe at all. Like I don't know. But it looks like you're Superman. Yeah, it does look like I'm... Um, but uh, maybe by dropping them on their tailbone, it, it maybe knocks the ball back into place or something. I, don't I think what we have here is a problem. One of the balls is probably dislodged. <laughs> if you take a kick like that and it, it cleaves right down, it's almost like there's a pre-done perforated line between each nut. <laughs> I think that's probably caused a dislodging incident. It can tear. Wow. Uh, well, calls are coming in, so we'll see maybe if this uh, wrestling uh, technique of lifting you up and dropping you on your tailbone is legit. Yes, Kath? Uh, so it's thought that if the <clears throat> elevated arm position increases the use of the diaphragm, the muscle that sits oh, below okay. your lungs is respo- uh, and is responsible for breathing. I could see with the um, case if you – I've seen this happen where someone has taken a hit like that and they will take the legs and sort of bend them back towards the, the rib cage. Right. Let's go to James here. <laughs> Hang on, James. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's um, up, man? I just want to let you all know that um, I was play- I played lacrosse on Long Island, and uh, one of our goalies never wore a cup and or a chest protector. Oh, oh my God. God. That's insane. Okay. Why? He was crazy. Yeah. Um, so uh, he took one to the chops one day or to, you know. Um, so my coach came over and said, all right, guys, grab him by each, uh, under his armpit, and we're going to drop him. And we we're all like, "What are we doing this for?" And he said, "So that the testicles will drop back into the scrotum." Huh. So, if you take a shot, oh, they, they, you know, instinctively go up for protection. Yep. So I'm okay. <laughs> well, so is that what causes the causes the pain? Is that it's going up, and they needed to be they need to be dropped back down? Is it sort know. of a fight or flight yeah. thing for your balls? They're also, you know, they're they're very um, tender. They're very, you know, um, romantic. Very, yeah. So if you drop them, they're going back down, so they're going to hit again. So now you're causing more pain what? that you've already experienced. Yeah. There's a funny okay. bit on, on SNL this All weekend. Right. Thanks, James. Where they were Thank in you. heaven. Take care, guys. So long. And they were they were designing, the, the, they had the guy, the people that were designing the male bodies, and they talked oh, yeah. about the, the how they designed the male genitalia. And they talk about, well... I don't necessarily know if I can go into exactly what they were saying, but they talked about how the one part of the anatomy is like, you know, you can yank on a tongue and yeah. it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Smack it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh, no. And nothing hurts. But then the other one, even if you just graze it right. ever so slightly. Just below it. <laughs> just yes. below yeah, 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 yeah. it. You're going to be out for a while because it doesn't take much. No, it does not. Well, you, listen, you you get in the car, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you, you start oh, your leg is the wrong way or oh, something. My, oh, yeah. God. Oh, what my is that? God. What is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on, God. That's, that's, that's a, a minute and a half of pure joy. There's some things that our own bodies do to ourselves yeah. that I can't wrap my mind around. Let me go to Cody. Hi, Cody. Hey, uh, Gagzooks. Gagzooks, Gag man. What's up? <laughs> uh, so That's when I was said. younger, I was in karate, and I was in a tournament. I got kicked in the uh, in Nuts. the groin by another uh, opponent of mine, mm-hmm. and my instructor pulled me aside, stopped the match, and he told me to 
uh, start walking around, and once I felt okay, to jump up and down and land on my heels. He tried to explain that because I got hit, everything kind of like shrunk up and contracted, and jumping up and down was going to help relieve that or release the tension. Get up. That sounds similar to what the last guy was saying. That's interesting. Stand up. You put your... Right, right foot in, you put your right foot <laughs> yeah, out. You're doing the hokey <laughs> pokey. Yeah. All right, thanks, Cody. Shake it all about. Shake it. Appreciate it, man. All right, well, hopefully uh, Mr. Knapp is uh, is doing better today. I would imagine he's going to be black and blue down there. Do you do anything? Like, do you put ice on there after ice, the game? I would imagine. Yeah, have you ever ice, had it? Have much. you ever gotten black and blue? To, I have. No. I don't remember I, I, being I, I black took and blue. I a down. shot of a hard ball into and, the sack. Steve, mm-hmm. was it, um, not to be... Indelicate, but with like, was it all, your whole groin or was it one area? One area. I'll tell you what, it's wild. When I had the prostate surgery, um, like, so I didn't feel like, right. The, but there, I was black and blue. My my unit, the testicles, everything in that general area around. Yeah. And it's just the, the blood has been bet. disturbed, and then and then it got reacclimated into the body. But right. but I look like a I look like a, an eggplant. I've had a couple of friends that have had vasectomies. To yeah, yeah, turn out that way. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black and blue. <laughs> It looks like a black coconut. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> that's what I was looking at. Do you yeah. guys ever get hit in the nuts with a uh, with a hot dog gun by the Philly fanatic? <laughs> that ever yes. happened to you guys? Oh. <laughs> you have. That was funny. By you that. got hit in the nuts a lot. I think you were wearing it. You were. Wearing I a, was wearing a cup. It a didn't cup. hurt. Yeah, you, I but, acted but, like it hurt. But you were just wearing a, a, an athletic support. That's all I was wearing. Yeah, yeah. you can see your your hiney, your, your bare hiney. There's a whole promotion tied into whacking your sack, dude. <laughs> right? It was called whack Casey's sack at halftime at the Wings game. It's designed to sell tickets. Oh my! Don't God. know how we did it. Dude. All right, another baseball thing. Wait, wait, wait am I nah, it's just something? a clip from Tommy. Okay. Boy. Send over a bottle of bubbly with a bucket of ice in a card. Have it say tough break. Get drunk on me. Use the bucket of ice down your marbles, jersey. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing out of the world of baseball. This is a pretty uh, significant um, record set. A guy named Joe West oh, yeah, uh, yeah. set baseball's umpiring record. Cowboy Joe. Yeah, with the Chicago White Sox beating uh, the St. Louis Cardinals 8-3 on Tuesday night. And he has been behind the plate for 5,376 regular season games. Oh, I thought you were going to say years. No. What happened uh, to a bigger jerk? Uh, is he? Yeah, he's, he's a totally. Old. How old is he? Uh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so really, it, he's yeah. he's he's a jerk. Yeah, like, yeah he's, he's really uh, full of himself he's as a, a human being. He's a great umpire, and he deserves uh, this record. He's been around the league for a long time, and so I, I give him a lot of credit for the longevity. But uh, yeah, he's he's um, makes the game about himself far too often than he should. No kidding. And uh, he listen, I. I am a biased Phillies fan, so I say this with uh, take that with a grain of salt. I think that he's an anti Phillies umpire, and I, I, he might be anti every team. But when I watch him ump Phil's games, it seems to me like he relishes in calls against that go against the Phils. Hmm. Uh, Dude, they travel a lot. They do because you figure like baseball teams they'll they'll go to a city and they play uh, a series, right? So you know, Phils will be in Miami and they'll be there for three or four days or whatever. These guys, they. They don't do that. They're, right. you know, like, so they're, you know, suppose he was in, you know, Miami last night, he'll be, and I guess they're not flying him from, like, you know, Miami to San Francisco. Well, they, they'll I do a series. They'll they do a whole series? Yeah, oh, I thought they just did no. one game and then they were gone. No, they'll, they'll switch positions. So if a guy's behind home oh. plate, he'll, oh. go, he'll do first the next night or whatever. So oh, you learn stuff. They'll, yeah. they'll stay uh, in town with a crew for, for the entire series most of the time. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, I'm not a Joe West fan. This text says baseball's second biggest a hole, <laughs> and it says Angel Hernandez is baseball's biggest a hole. Hmm. Who's that? Uh, I don't know, but I, I, I would have ranked uh, Kurt Schilling as the number one. I've A-hole, heard he's but, an a hole. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so he was visited by uh, the commissioner and some former commissioners and a bunch <laughs> of people. And um, uh, he had some guests at the whole event. He had said he was uh, apparently uh, emotionally said I, it was tough to hold back a tear or two. But Tom Hanks said there's no crying in baseball, so you can't do it. I got something to tell you. I've been blind for over a decade. A uh, very nice thing, he said. Um, he started in 1976. He was 23 years old, doing a handful of games in the last month of the 1976 season. His first plate job included Hall of Famer knuckleballer Phil Necro, wow. going for young Braves catcher Dale Murphy. He's worked the World Series six times, has 193 career ejections, <laughs> and West himself has run afoul of Major League Baseball on occasion during his long career. During a 1990 brawl, he body-slammed pitcher Dennis Cook to the ground. Yeah. Oh. Uh, after he was uh, thrown out by West during a 2018, White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson said, I don't have much to say about him. Everybody knows he's terrible. And then last year, West ejected Washington National General Manager Mike Rizzo from an upstairs suite in Atlanta for yelling and complaining. Yeah, he was not even umping the game. He was upstairs, and he tossed the manager, and uh, there was a big hubbub about that as well. So, again, he sort of made it about himself. He was uh, suspended for three days without pay in 2017 after he said in an interview that former Texas Rangers third baseman uh, Adrian Beltre was baseball's biggest complainer. Wes Uh. said that he was joking, and Beltre agreed. Uh, He was awarded a half million dollars last month, though, in a defamation suit against former catcher Paul Loduca, in his suit, among other things, West contended Loduca made face allegations that would hurt his chances of being elected into the Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, there are currently 10 umpires in the Hall. Uh, West also has his share of fans. Larusa had called, Tony Larusa had called him very consistent. Listen, if you're a fan of that sport <clears throat> or whatever sport, like I had uh, um, the privilege of talking to. Um, Joe Crawford, who who refed in the NBA for a number of years and, and refed against or for some of the greatest names to ever play the game. We're right. talking, I mean, he was, you know, Jordan and Barkley and Ewing and, and LeBron and, you know, just mulch, just mulch yeah. all, all of them. And, you know, if, if you're a fan of the sport, like, you have the best seat in the game. Like, Matt Cord. Yeah. Has, and he loves, ba- he loves basketball. He loves basketball. And he has the best seat in the building in the entire building he sits right there at half court like that has got to be just amazing i've never asked him though uh, for all the time that he's done that that matt has done that can he enjoy the game while he's calling i think the more game? so than anybody do you think so because then right. he because well listen when when Embiid slam dunks a ball or or you know yeah. they go on a run and there's a you know a three-pointer and, and then the opposing team has to call a timeout as a result yeah. like he's the one I mean, he's all geeked up about it, and then he gets to shout into a microphone yeah. to get the crowd going. He's yeah. but he's also working abs- in no. between yeah. everything. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, he may enjoy it. I'm not saying yeah. he doesn't, but like, there, it's not like you know, like the rest of us where we're like, oh, that call, what happened? He's he's yeah. doing other stuff. Yeah. True. Yeah. Like that, I like yeah. how he, if you ever sit down there and have the uh, the opportunity with Matt while he does it, there's a thing he does where he puts. Candy on the uh, yeah yeah so he does players, that and the players love him. The players come by and they'll grab like a uh, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 uh, yeah Jolly Rancher yeah or exactly and yeah. he's got some great stories and and no Kath I agree with you because he's totally dialed in for that entire time like before the game starts until you know well after it's over he's completely laser focused and dialed in but um, he did one thing they were playing against the the Pistons and and one of the things that the Pistons uh, arena hosts will do is when it, let's say the ball goes out of bounds and it's and it's the Pistons basketball they'll right. go. Detroit basketball, and that's the thing that that guy does. When when Detroit was in town, 
Philly got the ball, and he did that. And he goes, Philly basketball. And Rasheed Wallace, who played for the Pistons, who's a Philly boy, he's like, don't do that. That's our thing. That's our thing. You know, and so he does these <laughs> to, things. To, to, to throw off. And absolutely will do it That's to great. get under the skin of the players. I love it. By the way, uh, don't ever accept an Altoid from Matt Cord because he keeps his used toothpicks in the same place. Oh! Did you hear what Five I said? Foot? I walked in on the Altoids. <laughs> <laughs> you, keep your used, you keep your used toothpicks in your Altoids? Yes. <laughs> Altoids are big. I just said don't ever accept an Altoid right. from you because your used toothpicks are in there. Right. Oh, well, I thought hey. when I used to bite off half the Altoid. Half, he would eat half of an Altoid because it would give him just enough energy. Yeah. All right. Oh, He's got his system. Oh. Uh, Matt Casey was. I got a U two song on, by the way. So hurry up. <laughs> oh, are you on right now? Yes. Oh, oh my god. Right. Uh, do you have fun? Are you able to have fun while you're working the Sixers? Yes. Okay. I am. I, I, we would imagine. So. Yes. Casey so, says you might have more fun than anybody else in the building because you get to actually yell into a microphone. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. I, I love, and it's it's so cool that that when I hear you. In the games, like uh-huh. on my television, I'm like, I, I know that dude, <laughs> and I can, and you are absolutely. Listen, the, the game speaks for itself, yes. but when you scream into that microphone, <laughs> Joel Embiid, yeah. and everybody goes crazy, like and you're responsible for that. It got a lot more fun, and you guys will appreciate this. My mic used to be in a stand. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you know what? Why not give me a mic with a cord so I could stand up now? Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's when I do awesome. the Embiid, I go Embiid, I get down. Yeah. And I, you know, Dude, sometimes, I'll, video of you sometimes doing I'll turn around the crowd like, come on, everybody. Like, you know, yeah. like, yes. Yeah. Once I got that that mic out of the stand, it it was a game changer. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who's uh, ringing the bell tonight? Pat Croce. Oh, yeah. oh, oh that's oh. great, man. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw something on the news about yeah, him doing yeah. it the other yeah, day. Yeah, he'll so. get a good applause. Yeah. And you guys think he'll ring it kind of hard? Oh, <laughs> he, cra- he was a karate move. Yeah, yeah. he might like, crack Gabe Kapler, when he rang it a couple years ago, he tried to break it. I'm like, dude, we get it. It's a real deal. You're a strong guy. Heavy bell. But then sometimes, like, someone will just ring it real gently, you know? Yeah. So, let me ask you. You have the best seat in the house, right? Right. The best seat in the house. One of them. Okay. So, could you see when uh, Westbrook's foot went out of bounds uh, in the game? That was on the other side. That was on the other side. Okay. I was watching the replay. I was real close. It was really close. Yeah. But I just, you're, I'm so, and not only do you have the best seat in the house, like, all right, so who's that guy who he, he sits next to the bench? Uh, Tal guy? Uh, Tal guy. Oh, yeah. Al. Okay. Al, yeah. How much does he pay for those seats? Six man. Uh, his seats are probably two grand a piece. Okay. A game, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. Christ. You're getting paid and you have better seats than he does. <laughs> He's a lot richer than I am, too. You should see his car compared to mine. Yeah. <laughs> One of his cars. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I really do have to go. Okay. Right, go. Bye. Bye. Miss you guys. Bye. Miss you, Maddie. The letter of the day is R. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Matt Cord, yeah. our own in-house works at our sister station, WMGK, doing midday. So he's headed back down to finish up his U2 set. The bowls, but yeah. whatever. Uh, all right. Anyhow. Thanks, uh, <laughs> King. A lot of texts coming in uh, saying what a dick uh, Joe West is. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on your accomplishment. Then. Yeah, maybe he'll get kicked in the nuts. All right, we got to take a break because we got to get to the bizarre file when we return. So we'll do that very thing. Don't forget that we have a secret text word, uh, and it is a chance to win. um, We're playing Jeopardy. Uh, It's a chance to win a Blu-ray combo pack of uh, Chaos Walking. So text the word secret two three nine three three three. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Rock history when longer was better. 
And this Memorial Day weekend, 93.3 WMMR is going to pull out some of your favorite long songs. Six, seven, 12 minutes? Heck yeah! Listen every hour and soak in the epic excess while you inhale smoke from the barbecue grill. And the golden rays from the sun, the heavens will shine down upon us to signal the beginning of the summer season. And geez, guys, what is this? War and Peace? Okay, blah, 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 down the shore. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Smart speakers, the MMR app. Okay, here we go. Squonk? Yes. Alice's Restaurant? No, that's for Thanksgiving, Pierre. So, long songs every hour, all weekend. From the station that sometimes has a little problem getting to the point. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that blah, 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 you know the rest. So, uh, Casey's got a shart, and I've got a zap Oh, yeah. Uh, to do. So, do you mind if I do the... You do your zap first. Let right. me get you a zap uh, sound effect. All right. So, this is a text that came in and said, hey, give a... It says a shart out, but we're going to do a zap because there's somebody pointing someone out to the UPS driver that just dropped off boxes to Reeseville Elementary School. He was listening to MMR. Oh, that's awesome. So, I guess it's the gang at Reeseville Elementary Thank School you. that want to zap this guy. <laughs> And there you go. Thank you. Uh, well, Casey added in the front. Yeah. Uh, 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 a Zarp. A Zart. A Zart. A Zart. A Zart. I like that better. <laughs> All right. What's your shark, dude? All right. So this is uh, from a gentleman that I met on Monday at the uh, the Cora Golf Outing. This uh, gentleman is a uh, caddy at the cricket club, and uh, he helped me. He put my uh, my uh, bag in my cart. But anyway, he's a huge fan. He's you know been, what I'm saying? Li- yeah, been listening, listening religiously since 2010. <laughs> Uh, wanted to thank us for doing what we do every day, but uh, he also wanted to give a shout out to his buddy EMF from Duncan. He's a long, long time listener, and uh, he put him onto the show way, way back. And he's truly the best guy he knows, and he's about to change jobs. So, and he's also about to move in with his lady friend for a big life change. So he said he thinks that a shout out would give him the confidence that he needs in such a change filled time. So this is a shout out to EMF from Duncan. <laughs> Hey, oh. Preston, what was the name of the uh, the chef, the sous chef over at the... Uh... Mike. Mike. We, Mike. we tried to meet you, Mike. At Philly Cricket Club. and Yeah, and he emailed me, too. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, he had to leave. He had something to like, get his uh, kid from school or something like that, and he couldn't wait around any longer. He was a huge, huge fan of the Preston Steve show. Wanted to meet us. Nick actually had a chance to meet him. Yeah. And I, he I, said it was cool. He was a super nice guy, a uh, really good chef, <laughs> and he is coming to the MMR barbecue, Steve. There so you go. We'll get to meet him then. We'll get to see him then. Yeah, but a super nice guy, and um, I'm glad I got a chance to say hi. That was that was such a great day being out at the cricket club. And by the way, the the sharder in my shard out was uh, Chris Kapler, or Cap for short, but uh, there you go. Yeah, and thank you to uh, Cora for having us out there. Yeah. Monday. It was awesome. Great time. Hoping to actually be able to play next year. I think I'm going to be in, in playing shape. <laughs> A couple you think of so? swings. I did take a couple swings. Yeah. yeah we'll see. All right, we got to do the bizarre file right now. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre. bizarre file. Brought to you by Horizon. You can get Horizon Services AC tune-up for just forty nine dollars, plus a heater tune-up this fall for only thirty nine dollars. Call now or visit horizonservices.com for details. All right, we'll start with this. I got this a couple days ago, and I wasn't sure if I'd put it in the bizarre file or not, but I'm going to go ahead and put it here. At 71 years old, a guy named Herbie Allen got one of the most unusual compliments of his life when a health care worker told him he has perfect poop. Perfect poop? Yes. You may have met your dream man, Kathy. <laughs> Allen said, 
<laughs> I love saying that, speaking of his healthy digestive micro, uh, microbiome, uh, which is so hearty and helpful to those with gastrointestinal problems that he could sell it on a regular basis. My wife has a perfect vagina, and I have perfect poop. Besides being perfect, Alan's poop also could be lucrative. He said, I found out I can make thirteen dollars to $15,000 a year for my poop, or about $40 a day. Ladies and gentlemen, he's crapping money. Crapping money. He's crapping Literally. money. Alan found out about this unusual attribute when his wife, Patty, went through repeated antibiotic treatments that wiped out the bacteria in her colon, causing such digestive distress that she was hospitalized three times. She needed a fecal transplant to help her recover. That's something they actually do. They do, yes. And Patty suggested that they test Herbie as a donor. He said, uh, according to this uh, study, many people don't know about fecal transplants, uh, but they should, and they shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about them. He said it helps people with all kinds of problems, including irritable, irritable bowel syndrome and Crohn's disease. It's even being looked at to help with some autism symptoms as well. That's amazing. <clears throat> A good donor candidate is an adult in good health who is known to the patient and who undergoes an extensive series of tests, both stool and blood. Mm. Uh, blood tests rule out HIV and hepatitis, and stool tests make sure that there are no organisms, organisms known to cause disease, such as MRSA. Candidates to receive a transplant usually are infected with a bacterium called C. difficile, who uh, re- relapse after multiple courses of antibiotics. The bacterium usually infects older people and can cause symptoms ranging from diarrhea to life-threatening inflammation of the colon. Wow. Um, so he said, Alan had said that he has followed a strict no-sugar or red meat diet for more than 40 years. He eats fish three times a week, particularly salmon, and has taken a regimen of vitamins and other nutritional supplements every day for decades. Look at him. said, what I, what I want people to know is I've always been a person who has believed in vitamins. He said he takes multivitamin, vitamin C, beetroot, omega-3 fish oil, blueberry, and garlic pills every day religiously. He eats the same thing most days, including five tablespoons of almonds every morning and a shot glass of organic vinegar and a glass of V8 juice with no sodium. So he's... Mm. It's paid off. He's got perfect poop. Man. And I can crap money. It's amazing. amazing. Yep. Cottage industry coming right out your ass. All right. How about this one? A Florida woman battered her boyfriend with soiled dog pads during a late night confrontation that also included the victim getting sprayed in the face with Windex. <laughs> so dog pads, we're talking about like dog diapers? Like uh, puppy pads. Puppy. Oh, okay. Puppy pads. All right. All right. So uh, investigators say that Ann Walsh attacked her 64-year-old beau inside the couple's Clearwater apartment Thursday evening. I don't want you to be my beau anymore. Walsh was arrested for domestic battery. Walsh engaged in a physical altercation with the victim while he sat on their couch. Uh, The retiree, cops allege, took soiled dog pads and threw them at the victim. During a post-arrest interview, Walsh reportedly copped to also spraying her boyfriend in the face with Windex. And a judge has ordered Walsh to have no contact with the victim, who apparently was not injured during the dog pad incident. Yeah, no, she's dynamo in the sack. Walsh's rap sheet includes several prior domestic battery arrests, of which involved all of which involved the man identified as the victim in the alleged May twentieth attack. That's no way to live. What a couple! It's no way to live. All right, so you think you've seen it all in baseball, but you probably haven't seen a player actually attacking an umpire with a bat. Oh. Until today, a Dominican baseball player was arrested in doing just that. Elvis LeBron took a swing at the umpire who had just thrown him out of the game. The attack was all caught on film and shared by Dominican reporter Hector Gomez. 
The video shows LeBron and another player arguing with the referee at the plate over something. The umpire motions for the player to leave the game, and he comes running toward the man and appears to throw a punch, swing his bat at him, and then throw his helmet. I mean, like he was just... Out of his mind. Like he was in battle. The umpire is thrown or falls to the ground at some point before LeBron continues the attack. (laughs) Spectators and players... Spectators and players enter the field to break up the fight. Uh, Gomez wrote that the umpire reportedly came back into the game before being transported to the hospital an hour later, and LeBron was arrested shortly after the game. I think this guy was courted by the uh, the uh, Cubs at one point. Was uh, he? Yeah. So well, you see where they didn't go with him. Yeah. Uh, all right. An investigation is underway after hikers noticed nearly 100 trees on a public trail were cut down illegally. Ooh, Christmas time. Now, listen to this. <laughs> Kay Sanders, a hiker, said that she has hiked the uh, Ochita National Recreation Trail in Arkansas for 30 years and was devastated to see the damage done last week. She said no one has a right to do this. According to the sheriff's office, a hiker saw six men taking chainsaws to trees on the trail last week. Central Arkansas Water, which owns the land through which the portion of the trail runs, says a homeowner whose property backs up to the trail contracted the work to be done. Uh, Raven Lawson of the Central Arkansas Water uh, said that she received around 50 emails and dozens of phone calls about this. Uh, she said they believe that 100 trees were either cut down illegal or had the tops uh, shaved off of them because the homeowner wanted to view Lake Mamel, which had, was blocked by the trees. So blew the trees out. This idiot. Didn't own the, didn't no, own the trees. Didn't own the trees, yep. Bastard. Uh, they believe, start a fire. They believe most of the trees will die, and the ones that, will, that uh, don't uh, will take years to grow back. Uh, the uh, Central Arkansas Water said that they will clean up the damage once the sheriff's office finished the investigation, and the this guy could face some criminal and mischief and of the uh, first degree for that. Because, dude, you don't own that. Come on, so, yes, whatever. not your property. All right, and there you go. We'll end it there. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning, Kathy. We need a winner for a secret text word. Can you get one, please? Seven. All right, call us seven. Seven. At 215-263-WMMR. We're going to set you up if you know the secret text word. And we'll also get a random texter and give a prize via that as well. We'll be back in a moment. Trash, music, news, all that stuff coming up. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com, and an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Um, let's, before we get to the lesson question, we were looking for our seventh caller uh, to give away a prize via the secret text word. And that caller is Nick. We got him on. Hey, Nick, good morning. Hey, good morning, it. Good morning, it. <laughs> Nick, do me a favor. Lay it on me. What's our secret text word? It's Whisper. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Hang on, Nick. It sets you up with a Blu-ray combo pack of Chaos Walking with Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, which is available today, rated PG-13, by the way. And we grabbed a random texter on top of that, and it is Luke Harar, 
Harar. Who is from uh, Upper Black Eddy, Pennsylvania. So, Luke Harar, Harar. we are going to give you the exact same prize. It is Chaos Walking. So, congratulations to you. Other things to give away. Uh, lesson question. We have a $50 Metro Diner gift card. So, let's ask this question. Uh, SD might stand for Scott Disick, or maybe the initials meant what? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Scott Disick was wearing a... A necklace that had a big SD on it. What that might that stand for besides Scott Disick? Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it is brought to you by Mulch Works of Aston. They offer the highest quality mulch and topsoil that is manufactured on site. They also have leaf compost, decorative stone pavers, and more. Mulchworks has delivery or pickup for residential and commercial markets. Visit mulchthis.com for details. What's going on, Steve? Well, newly modelish looking Kelly Osborne denying online speculation that she had massive plastic surgery, saying she only had a few injections. Kelly says she had injections in her jaw, her hips, her forehead, her chin, her neck, her ears, her shoulders, her breasts, her butt, the back of her thighs, her kneecaps and ankles. But that's it. That's right. Oh, my God. Ruth Bader Ginsburg leaving all of her $6 million estate to her two children and a longtime personal assistant. The revered Supreme Court justice also made provisions to leave to the Smithsonian Institute for authentic samurai swords signed by Randy Jackson. Uh, oh, my God. And finally, Emma Watson had recently shot down rumors about a relationship with Leo Robinton. But the two have apparently been spotted getting very grabby at hot spots around London. In fact, one witness claims to have overheard Watson utter the spell Moistium Vaginium. No. <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash. All right, We'll see if we can uh, find the answer to this question. SD might stand for Scott Disick or what? I will go to David, see if we have the answer. Hey, David. Hello. Yes, it would stand for Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Not bad. <laughs> Or Super Dickhead. We would have accepted either one of those. All right, David, since you got it right, we are going to give you a $50 Metro Diner gift card. And you can enjoy breakfast favorites that you can grab to go with Metro Diner's newest handhelds, including the Italian Meat Lovers and Southwestern Breakfast Burritos stuffed in a tortilla and served with a waffle iron press. And you can order yours to go at MetroDiner.com or savor while seated at your local diner. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Jersey Mike's. You can uh, download the Jersey Mike's app, order ahead, and skip the line. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Fozzie is set to release a new single called Sane on Friday, and it will be included on the band's upcoming album due out sometime this year. Frontman Chris Jericho had already shared the fact that the project will include 12 songs, among them one cover, and it was largely recorded in Atlanta with guitarist Rich Ward and producer Johnny Andrews doing most of the songwriting. Uh, Oh, yeah, here it is. Ah. I meant to lead with this, but I thought I got rid of the story. Here we go. Uh, Last night, an active arrest warrant was issued for Marilyn Manson by the Guilford, New Hampshire Police Department. Uh, He's being charged with two counts of misdemeanor simple assault for allegedly spitting on a female videographer at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion during a concert in the August of 2019. Uh, The charges against Brian Warner, which is his real name, are a Class A misdemeanor and carry a jail sentence of up to a year and a $2,000 fine. 
Three concert goers confirmed that they saw Manson spit and shoot his snot at the camera woman. It's disgusting. One source said he was snot. spitting everywhere, and one time it got on her camera. She wiped it off and looked semi-irritated. He noticed this and kept purposely spitting on her camera. And they said, I think her, fi- her final straw is when he got on the floor, got within two to three feet of her, and hacked a giant snot rocket onto her, not her camera. Most terrifying story I've ever heard. She was pissed off and disgusted, so she stormed off, and he just laughed. According to a statement from the Guilford Police Department, Mr. Warner, his agent and legal counsel have been aware of their warrant of this warrant for some time, and have made no effort to return to New Hampshire to answer the pending charges. So they're issuing charges. Slipknot have announced that they will be bringing their Knotfest concert in their home state of Iowa this fall. Knotfest. Uh, the event will happen on September 25th at the National Balloon Classic Field in Indianola, uh, Indiana. Uh, Slipknot percussionist uh, M. Sean Clown Crahan uh, said in a statement, A home show is always insane, but a home Knotfest show will be a whole other level. Prepare. See you soon for the new reality. Uh, and the lineup for Knotfest Iowa is... Oh, I said Indiana. I'm sorry. I meant to say Iowa. Maybe that's how big it is. Uh, Slipknot, Faith No More, Megadeth, Lamb of God, and then a whole bunch of bands that I've either slightly heard of or know nothing about. Uh, Trivium, I've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, Gate Creeper, Vended, uh, Suicide Boys, a whole bunch of them. So Knotfest is going to happen in Iowa. During a chat on BBC Radio, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins spoke about his late friend and inspiration, Chris Cornell. Hawkins was pressed to name his rock god, and he answered, my rock god is Chris Cornell, whom sadly we don't have anymore, which is really, really a bummer. I'm really bummed that I can't get to see a Soundgarden show ever again. They were great, amazing band. Matt Cameron's one of the greatest drummers to walk the planet Earth. And Chris Cornell was so powerful and beautiful looking and sounding. He went on to say his voice was unbelievable. His range was unbelievable. His lyrics were thought-provoking, dark, mysterious. And I'd send him a track every once in a while, and he'd listen to it. And he'd really give me feedback. And I'd be thinking, well, Chris Cornell doesn't need to do that. He's just being a sweetheart. He went on to shed light on what separated Soundgarden from the rest of their grunge-era peers. He said, they were the first band to have the chops of a band like, dare I say, Rush or Yes or something like that. Prog Chops. But they weren't a prog band. They were a punk rock band. Uh, Cornell could sing as low as Lou Reed or David Bowie. And then all of a sudden he could be up in the stratosphere as Dio or Axl Rose or whatever. Uh. Uh, He had this range and the band had a range. So Chris Cornell is who I pick as my rock god right now. And I miss him dearly, he said. And then one last story. Mick Jagger's kid brother, musician Chris Jagger... Uh, has announced that he's writing his memoirs while chatting the da- with the uh, Daily Mail. I'm not that familiar with Chris Jagger. No, neither am I. Uh, now 73 years old, he said, Mick and I share similar early influences, and our parents were central to that. Writing took longer than I anticipated. It was a lot harder than I thought. Writing doesn't have to be all poetry. I've even got some recipes in there, he said. Do you think he has, like, the moves like Jagger? No. Uh, he has to. His last I don't name think is so. Jagger. His last name is Jagger. Yeah. Uh, so no date for God, the I hate that song. autobiography <laughs> has been announced. Uh, Mick appears on Chris's new album, Mixing Up the Medicine, which drops on September. That's old Joe Kokomo. 
content. So they, <laughs> they work together from time to time. All right, and that's all I have in music news. That means we have one more break to take to wrap things up. Letter of the day, word of the week prize. Yep, that's on the way, too. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Roll up your sleeves. It's time for the I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive. Hey, gang, this year's event is Friday, June 18th. Make your donation appointment now at WMMR.com. And then cut out early on a Friday to help those in need. Choose from two locations, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks or the Event Center inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia in the South Philly Sports Complex. Donors get the newest Preston and Steve T-shirt and the pride of knowing that you made a difference. Appointments are required for safety protocols, so sign up today at WMMR.com. The 16th annual I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive, benefiting the American Red Cross. Sponsored by Recovery Centers of America. Get help at recoverycentersofamerica.com and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Pierre's got uh, all kinds of good stuff lined up, as he always does every single day for your listening enjoyment. Be along shortly. Uh, I would like to thank our one and only guest today. He was great. Buzzy Cohen. Buzzy! Current guest host of Jeopardy. He has won the tournament of champions. He did a nine-day win streak and uh, and just a, a character. Yes. Um, and he was really giving us some cool insight of what goes on behind the scenes of Jeopardy. What yeah. it's not only like to be a contestant and prepare and execute it, but also as now the host, which he has learned. And uh, tremendous respect for Alex Trebek, obviously. But he was a super nice guy, man. I love, I love it. I love watching the show every day, and then and now sort of just pour it right over to Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so thank you to uh, Buzzy for being on the show this morning, and Pierre Robert, as I said, is indeed here. He's getting ready to take the controls and take you to parts unknown. It's a frightening concept. I know, isn't it? it? You driving? <laughs> yeah. You taking the controls? I'm driving you to the airport. Oh, my God. No. Whenever Preston is leaving, uh, uh, I go, let me drive you. <laughs> and it, even though he'll laugh, there's a slight look of horror uh, in it. It's, no. a, it's a nervous laughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a nightmare scenario. You're waking up and Pierre's your Uber driver. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh. I now, would love that. Now, where were we going again? <laughs> Yeah. Would you mind? There's a sale over here. Would you mind if we just stop? I think you'd look nice in those pants. You got uh, time? Probably. Oh, would. look at that puppy! Let me stop. I was driving down Walnut Street one time, and I was like around 16th and Walnut, and out of the corner of my eye, I spotted a guy walking a bulldog puppy. Oh, oh man! I and I had never seen a bulldog yeah. puppy. I love bull. I love all dogs. Uh, and I pulled over into a no parking spot. And ran a block and a half down the street following this guy to catch up with him to pet the puppy. Okay. And he worked at an art store. And then I went into his art store um, and uh, and hung out for a little while with the puppy. And then I got a ticket when I got back. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it, though. It was yeah. worth it. Now, yeah. were you out of breath when you got to him? Excuse me, can I pet your puppy? Um he, yeah, he was, ran. He, he was slightly defensive because <laughs> who's this homeless, uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. creature from the Black from Lagoon yeah. running down Walnut Street <laughs> after me? But um, it's a true story, and I, I, I did have a nice uh, couple of moments with that little puppy. So there nice. you go. Excellent. All right. Well, we just need a letter from you. you ready for that? I have that. All right. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR. Now the Daily Letter. 
The Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by The Ledger. Oh, as in orange. Ah, <laughs> not even a word. <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> All right, and we have $300 from Ardent Credit Union that we are going to give away. Brought to you by Ardent Credit Union's free auto buying concierge service. You can visit ardentcarbuying.com for all of the details. Uh, what's happening on this radio program today? Cool day today. Uh, we've got tickets for the Struts again. We announced that show yesterday, uh, which is going to be fun uh, on September 10th uh, on the um, Skyline stage at the Man. Uh, also, workforce blocks of Lenny Kravitz and Stevie Nicks for her birthday and cream. And at 2 o'clock, we will have a conversation uh, in Studio Z uh, with Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick. Very uh, cool. Who is uh, playing the MMRBQ. Have you guys had him on before? I think we... No, who have we had no, on I've Cheap Trick? Did you have Robin Zander I think on? we had Robin Zander. Or yeah. Tom Peterson. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- they're great guys, you know. And what make what makes them tick in Cheap Trick is fascinating to me because... Yeah. You know, they just keep going. And yeah, going, yeah, going. yeah. And great shows, great performance. Great performance. Uh, every single time. They, I mean, we talked about this last time. They were on, I think, with Alice in Chains in Soundgarden uh, four or five years ago, six years ago maybe. And uh, they played the afternoon. I thought they stole the show, and many people did. Yeah. And the other bands were all great, but Cheap Trick nailed it in 50 minutes. They're a rock band that managed to have cred with even kind of the hipper crowd as well, which is, I, th- I think be- I think simply because they wrote Surrender that, that right. kind of sealed their their fate in that coolness because that has a punky vibe to it, right. you know, uh, lyrically. Uh, but they went and did some, you know, more commercially successful things and, and, uh, and poppy things and stuff like that, and they've... There's just this unique group of guys. Yeah. Um, well, Dave Grohl, you know, worships them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, invited uh, Rick Nielsen to be part of Sound City Project. Uh, and he hung out with uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, and John Lennon. Uh, yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing yeah. stuff. So. All right, cool. Um, that should be a good time today. Rick Nielsen at 2 p.m. Excellent. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve shows brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve show. And also Acme, who has everything you need to prep for this summer season. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Tomorrow on our program, we are scheduled, we'll see if this happens, I hope it does, to have Rob McElhenney on with an announcement tomorrow. Okay, so... You guys know what it is. I do not. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, Steve has remained in the dark, but it's a a big announcement. So we will hopefully get that information from Rob tomorrow morning. That's it. We're done. Rage on and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat bat two da bat two ba 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 do ga ga ba ba da.